is something kind of funny about the fact that they're going to have heard our upbeat, jingly, sparkly, ebullient intro music. And then I'm about to say the reason why we haven't done an episode in three months is because I've been depressed AF. Aww. What a weird juxtaposition. Gilly. What a bait and switch, if you will. It is. It's like... That's not the sound. I haven't heard the theme in five years <sighs> that's because you don't edit Anna. you're just the talent you just come in sit down say where's my evian water where's my fucking my, orange smarties my blunt filled with dank nugs my what i don't even want the nugs ground up i want I them just whole, want to... i want whole nugs in there <laughs> i also want the stems in there Ew! no one wants the stems one time, smoke a stem. You think the stems are the best part? You said that to me one time. No, I didn't. Sometimes you just smoke bowls of stems. Ew. I just imagine, like... It's like when you make a love potion and it's just twigs and stuff. Interesting. Talking of love potions. <laughs> <laughs> I made one to get you. Yeah, you I, did. I mounted down some flumps. Oh. Which are marshmallow tubes, if you don't know. They are marshmallow tubes. I made them into kind of like a... I had a cauldron filled with 500 flumps over a butane burner. <laughs> and I slowly... I stirred them with a big ladle. This is so cute. Because they, you get pink ones. They're like yeah. pink and... They're swirly. Twirly swirly. Just like you. Ah! What else was in there? Just flumps? What else would be a good representation of you? There were some Hello Kitty dolls. You... Like, you burned Hello Kitty dolls alive. They, they didn't mount very well because they were polyester. <laughs> I think you'll find polyester does burn. How do you know that? I don't know. It's just something I said, and I have actually absolutely no idea. No, no facts behind that. I've never burnt polyester to try. Hashtag fake news. Would you put anything else in there? That's a good question. Some Twilight DVDs. <laughs> they would definitely not burn or mount. I don't no. think. You could just put like a... Uh... Have you ever seen those videos where people put DVDs in the microwave? No. What it creates it kind of like a crazy light show of sparks and like arcing electricity coming off it. Oh, wow. Does it break the microwave? Probably. Isn't it crazy? I have broken a microwave before by... Um, I made microwave popcorn when I was a teenager and... I did, you know how, like, you can make popcorn and you set the time? Well, this wasn't one of those. It was just, like, you, like, I don't know. You turn a dial for, like, five minutes or whatever. And then I started a timer for, like, two minutes. But instead, I went away. <laughs> As one does. I went away. I don't know. I went to the toilet or something. You were twiddling your hair. And next thing I know, it's, like, Looking at cute smoking. Boys. And it's, but popcorn burns really quickly. The sweet spot is, like, a minute 45. Anything past that, you can smell the burning. So it probably only takes, like, five minutes to burn the whole bag. And the inside of the microwave was black. And it was smoking. And it broke the microwave. What I was going to say was... Isn't it Wasn't that a fun story? It was a fun story because that's the type of thing that kids do. Yeah. And now you're going to tell us that you did it when you were 29. No, I was like 15 or something. You were two years 14. old. I was two. Yeah. No. Choke on a kernel and die. You were a precocious two youngster. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> when you think about the technology that a microwave is using, the fact that it cooks food invisibly with... Radiation. radiation the fact that you can buy a microwave for like 40 pound is kind of bizarre yeah they were really expensive though probably at first that's like sci-fi like technology 
Yeah. And now when your microwave starts to get grotty, you don't clean it. You just throw it away and buy a new one. I, f- I feel like... Also, can we talk about this lovely pitter-patter of rain on yeah. our window? I did say we would never talk about the weather ever again. But yeah, the rain is all nice. It's October. I don't obey orders. It's windy. It's gusty. I defy. Yeah, yeah. It's waning. It's waning. It's, it's waning against the window. Fountains of wane. It's waning against the window. Stacy's mom has got it going on. I don't know any of the other words. No, I don't think anyone does. <laughs> does that song even have verses? It could know. just be a chorus for four minutes. I think it And is. no one would complain. No one's like, tell me a story, Fountains of Wayne. Whoa. Oh, man. We're getting some torrential... That's... Was that hail? That sounds like it could be hail. We're getting some torrential rain here, but it's yeah. nice because we're cuddled up on our couch. I know. The podcast couch. It is the podcast also, couch. Also, on weekends, the casting couch. No. Why have you got to be disgusting? <laughs> you're disgusting, too. I, I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> and I I've was got, saying something, you rude, disgusting, too. What? Like five points ago, I was mid saying something. We I don't think about microwaves, so. and I was about to say some stuff that's not that interesting. So why are you bringing it back up? <laughs> no, I was going to say I have. I think I purposely don't think too much about what a microwave is. Here. Sorry, a huge yawn. Um, I don't. I try to think too much about the fact that it's radiation yeah. and how it's not great but why is it not great i don't know people tell me radiation isn't great and when you go for an sure. x-ray you just have to wear like a special fucking well, armor you're not skinny dipping in a chernobyl <laughs> lake <laughs> i know but i feel like there have been times in the past where the majority of my meals were microwave type stuff okay you know when i used to eat like those microwave curries and stuff sure. everything would be microwaved almost every day now the microwave almost never gets used. Because, That's true. And I, I re- I've started, as of like six months ago, I don't have it plugged in anymore. Because I don't know, like this is a very thing that I would normally think about or do, okay. but I don't know, I felt like there's no on and off. There's just if it's plugged in, the power, like... I wondered if maybe it was like still emitting. I don't think so. I don't know. Like if there's any charge left in it. I thought somewhere. you were going to say in case Rudy finds a way to get inside it. That's a fear. The microwave and the washing machine, that's a huge, huge fear for me. The he- <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, I just choked on that. <laughs> um, that's a huge fear for me, so much so that I always open and close the washing machine before I go to sleep, which is like a OCD, one of my OCD check things that I have to do. But how do you think he's going to open the microwave or the washing machine? I don't know. If it's not, my view is it's not closed properly from the time we used it previously. He's some, for some reason drawn, this is like when Ross tells the story about the baby and the the bird and then the eagle is swirling around (laughs) with its talons out meanwhile the water fills the apartment fills the apartment he's so animated when he does that and she's like boy are you gonna be stupid if that's real um but yeah so and then i worry that he's gonna be drawn to it for some reason because maybe because it's open i think if we did leave the washing machine door wide open i don't think you'd get in he'd he'd see it and be like this is not usually open. What's happening He's over so here? He's so wary of traps, though. And perhaps 
but he also really likes small spaces like that. And what if we've just taken out nice, cozy, hot, dry laundry and it's emanating the heat and he's like, ooh, cozy. And he gets in, the washing machine door does swing shut by itself. It doesn't lock shut. So what if it swings shut and then for some reason we can't get the door open? I would break it open. I would smash it open. How? With a hammer. No, you wouldn't. We have a super cute pink hammer. We do. That I use for manly DIY chores around Don't the house. God. What a... Sometimes I just cut timber for it's no reason. It's super cute because it's pink it's and I so use it wasteful. for manly things. I just cut down trees with an axe that aren't even my trees to cut down. What's an axe got to do with a hammer? I, I want to use an axe on your head. Wow. <laughs> That's a threat of murder, ladies and gentlemen. That's actionable in a legal setting. But given that I'm a, I'm av- adverse to litigation, you'll get off this one time. Even if the door did close, it, it's not going to turn on. I know, but it's a fear. It's an irrational fear. What do you want? I guess he could suffocate. I don't like this, especially because he's not in the room with us right now and I can't see his cute little face. He's sleeping. He's sleeping. In the bed, under the blanket, probably. He does do that. Because it's cold. He likes the smell of mama body. <laughs> mama body? Yeah. He does. When I get up from a seat, he quickly gets into my seat because he knows it's warm. <laughs> sure. Let's not. He's like, it's warm and he smells like you. Let's not interrogate that any further. You're the only one who's been a disgusting to him he, for the second He likes time. the way your butt smells. Let's just say That's it. fine. You like the way my butt smells. Everyone does. Sure. That's why I sell vials of... Your stink on no. my Etsy store. When it, are we we've been back to that joke like a hundred times. Welcome to our podcast. All right. Every joke we make is one that we've yeah. forgotten we made four episodes ago. I do think about that all the time. I forget even what we talked about on the last yeah, one. Yeah, so let alone I. what we talked about in the second episode. That's the danger of putting out a new episode every three months. You can't <laughs> remember what the last one was about, so you just say the same thing. I think it. I, I'd. I'd probably still forget even if we put them out weekly i don't think so i would you're not that amnesiac no but it's more like some things i just totally forget strangely yeah i don't know i mean that's normal everyone does that but you'll be like yeah we talked about that i'm like no i've never talked to you about this in my whole life and you're (laughs) like yes we did on episode 27 at the one hour 12 mark 15 seconds i never say that how dare you Maybe sound like Rain Man of my own podcasts. What a loser I would be. You're funny. If I, if I quote myself from the podcast and give you the timestamp. You could and I'd never know. Jesus Christ. Just shoot me dead. Shoot me dead. And then put me in the washing machine. I wouldn't. You know, I was thinking to go back to microwaves. I can't believe I've never either done this or seen this or heard what happens when you do this. If you just put a glass of water in a microwave, what happens? It's hot. But does it actually boil? Mm, it's got it, right? Because once it reaches a certain temperature, it's like when you put beans in there. Right. When you cook beans, you wait for them to boil and then they're done. And beans I in the microwave, they, boil. they do boil. They put, That's why that is like the um, culprit, I feel, Good of work. like... The dirty microwaves over the years is when you've microwaved beans because you've been so lazy or whatever to put them, to wait the extra two minutes for them to cook on the hob. 
and then they pop and boil sure. all over the place and they, they splatter, splash all yeah. against the smell. I think water would probably do that eventually. Possibly. There's only one way to find out. No, let's not. Let's blow your Twilight DVDs and a jug of water in there and just go wild. Let's put your face in there. You've got such a murderous <laughs> mentality on this episode. I think you'll find I'm always like this. And to say this to someone who has just gone for a multi-month depression. I just This is kicking hey, a dog while he's down. Who's been taking care of you? Who's been making you yummies? You have. As good in your tummies. Well, I guess. Scooch. Scooch. You have been taking care of me. I make you nice food. I make you omelets. You make the best omelets. Maybe I of do. all time. Yeah. Scrambled egg, you're still second to my mama. Well, she's my, the queen she of scrambled egg. She makes divine, kind of transcendental scrambled I, I eggs. I wouldn't want to replace... That's like a special mum thing. I wouldn't want to... But you your omelettes have become really world-class, I would say. Yeah. I have not ever had an omelette from a professional <sighs> or a restaurant. I love it when it folds over perfectly. It's so satisfying. Um. So, yeah. My baby has been depressed. I have. What's up with that? And you're you're someone who like I am a depressed person and then I have good days. You are like quote unquote regular person and then you have like bouts of depression. Is that fair to yeah, say? I would debate whether I'm a regular person. You know what I mean? However, Not regular, but I accept the you're comparison like a, you're drawing. Yes. yes. <clears throat> and I just Yeah. Want to find ways to try and make it easier for you. I appreciate that. You've done a lot to help me. What type of things have been... Do you want to talk about what type of things have made you... What have been your soothers during this time? Almost nothing, apart from your TLC and just getting lost in video games and yeah. reading. Yeah, pretty much that's all there is. I, the horrible thing about the way that I get depressed is it really is completely divorced from any cause or any explanation. Mm. I, or that would almost make it better in a way if I could point to something horrible that happened yeah. and it had a dampening effect on my mood for a long time. I could say, wow, this makes sense because of blah, blah, blah. And there's kind of a causal link that makes it seem more explicable. But the, but with me, it really does just come on yeah, seemingly for no reason Every day, it's like you're spinning the chamber of a Russian roulette revolver. And you just have those bad brain chemistry days for no apparent reason. And you pretty much just got to ride it out for as long as it lasts. Sometimes yeah. it can last days. Sometimes it can last weeks. When it gets really bad, it can last months. And yeah, it's just you keep waking up and you hope that you finally feel less like your head is inside a million vices of yeah. sadness that was the comparison i was trying to make by the way like i wasn't trying to compare no i get what you're saying no, but for people anyone who's listening i wasn't trying to say one is like worse than the other or whatever i was trying to say different. they're different um and we deal with them in very different ways also this is true and so i just want that's why i just wanted to know if you wanted to talk about any of the soothers but again, you didn't really... I don't really have any special, you know. I feel like when you get depressed, one of your big things is you want to order yummy food. Yes. And that 
helps me a little bit like getting a pizza is cool and it is raises your mood for an hour and you have something to look forward to while it's you're waiting for it to be delivered and whatever mm. and it's nice when we watch a movie and we have some good food and stuff like that it becomes like an, a little event that's all it does for me it doesn't make me happy for the next like five days no of course not i just think it i think it's more yeah. satisfying for you on a deeper yeah, level it than is. it is for me it's it and I don't do it when I'm just like, oh, regular depressed. I do it when I'm like, so, like, when it gets really, really bad. Because um, you just can't, you can't just, you can't. Because if I did it all the time, we'd be eating out every day. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's such, I think also it's different for me because I'm the cook. And so it's, it's not only is it this soothing thing and I love food. But it's like it's like being taken care of, even though it's like an outside source. It makes me feel like, okay, I'm not the one taking care of myself today. Sure. I'm being taken care of, you know. By Papa John. By <laughs> he becomes your surrogate daddy. But, or by McDonald's, as it were, the other day. Sure. Ronald himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is a big thing for me. It really does kind of... Perk me up for those few hours. And I'm well which is aware. Nice. You need that break. You've got to, especially like with your bout of like several months, you've got to have these little breaks. Otherwise, you go insane. Sure. It becomes too much. I dev. One thing that is kind of a semi cause I notice is, and you've said this to me before, but I am definitely, I don't know if happier is the right word. But when I'm working on something actively, like I'm writing yeah. a piece for my blog or when I was working on my book or et cetera, et cetera, even when I have to sit down and edit the podcast, like just a, pro a creative project that I wake up and I, I say to myself, okay, this is what I'm doing today. And here's how I'm going to segment my time. And here's how mm -hmm. I'm going to split it down into parts and really focus on it and chip away at it and get it done. I definitely, it's almost kind of a, it's definitely a palliative solution because it, it it's not going to banish your sadness or your depression. But for that amount of time, I'm so dedicated and concentrated on what I'm trying to do and trying to do it as well as I possibly can that it's almost like you don't have the extra bait, the extra brain space yeah. to think about anything else. You you have the blinders on and you just hours of your your day just get swallowed in that creative process which is a good thing and then when i finish it sometimes there can be a kind of a snapback mm. where all the stuff i wasn't deal dealing with during that time suddenly which has been accruing suddenly it kind of you know explodes in my face that definitely does happen with you i noticed the pattern you are definitely someone who needs like a structure and ha like a ha habits you like a kind of, yeah, you like a structure. You like an aim. I think when things are aimless, like you just got finished, you just got finished working on a piece or you're between pieces or whatever it is. And you'll have your downtime, but our downtimes, <laughs> mine can last forever because that's just the way my brain works. But you don't tend to like, it doesn't really work for you if you spend more than a few days having downtime. You need that kind of aim, I feel. And I think then when the depression kind of sets in, it kind of takes over and then 
you can't get back to your aim because the depression's kind of set in. Yeah. And then, like you said, when it or and then aside from that, when you do kind of finish a piece or you're between pieces, it is kind of like it all just comes flooding in. So it's like it's like eating itself. It's like a cycle. An Ouroboros, yeah, an Ouro, if you will. An Ouroboros. An oral William S. Burroughs. <laughs> he had an aura fixation. He loved blowies. He loved blowies? Yeah. He'd Did go he? To, he'd go to the club. The, I don't mean he went to the club. The sex club. Yeah, I think he went to the fucking... And he'd say, haven't you read Naked Lunch? He just went to the streets. I deserve <laughs> oral for this. The subway. For this, for this, for this. <laughs> um. Also in this... Three months, however long. It hasn't been three months. Did you say it's been three? Long? Oh, it's been three months since we fin- yeah, we last did an episode. I kind of went the opposite way and had somewhat of a manic phase. Um, you were my manic pixie dream girl. Sure. Usually, you're my depressed pixie dream girl. <laughs> <laughs> the first adjective always changes, but the rest yeah. is a constant. You're my constant penny. Ah, my constant penny. I think we did this on a previous episode, which is to. just proving it's our fine. point. We have our things, okay? We do. Um, I wasn't just actually properly manic for like I had a period of being like severely manic for one week where I wasn't sleeping. Oh yeah, I was barely sleeping, and I was working like ten hours a day every day. And I was also doing other things, like I was like um, getting my movement for the day, is what I like to call it. I sure. have I have discarded the word exercise, and I call <laughs> it movement. You're not seeing the regal hand wave that yeah. accompany these pronouncements. And um, and also doing other things, like I'd do things around the house. I'd cook. I'd do the laundry or whatever. Sure. I'd do my movement. I'd work for ten hours. I'd shower. Everything was like really fucking firing. And as we both know, when you've been down the word mines for 10 hours, it's so hard to want to exercise or do anything else yes. productive. Whereas I was just full, full, full of energy. It's so draining. Yeah. It really is. And I couldn't sleep and I couldn't stay asleep. And it was all just crazy. And even though I wasn't sleeping, I was still working all those. Uh, the next day would still be as if I had slept. It would still be go, go, go. And that lasted seven days. And then the walls just kind of fucking crumbled. I was back firmly in the sludge. It was dev- It was devastating. I haven't been manic like that. I have manic moments where I'll be manic for like an hour. A manic Monday, or, if you will. Yes, or I'll have a day where I'll be manic. But it never lasts longer than a day, maybe two days. Um. And then every like several every several years or whatever every like I, in fact I don't think I've been this manic for like ten years wow. like it's been that long that's, since I first started writing that's intense but then I was manic for months it's like the planets aligned yeah well no because it's a, it's a good and a bad thing um, because there's no stop yeah you have to be able to stop. Um, but it was devastating. That eighth day that I woke up, the the contrast of being so high for those seven days and then all of a sudden it was like a switch. I was 
depressed, lethargic. I couldn't move. It, everything was just shit again. I was emotional. And it was just, I think I said to you, I was like, this is devastating. Because like, I'm depressed all the time. It's not new to me. But when you're depressed all the time, you don't have that stark contrast. Sure. And it was just like. That's a good point. I never thought about that. I can't believe I'm like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to put my head above water for seven days yeah. and I can't believe I've been drowning my whole life. It was just like, it's so cruel. Yeah. It's so beyond cruel. And I think the thing that triggered the the mania was being high on several things at one time. And I said I wasn't going to talk about Twilight. And I'm not, but I'm just going to mention. You can, you can talk about it if you want to. I know, but I said I was going to give it a break this week because there's so much I want to say <laughs> this episode. <laughs> I, I finished Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun, won't you come and wash away the rain? Midnight Sun, won't you come? Won't you come? <laughs> I really wish you could have seen his face. I know there was a lot of facial. There was so much facial there. stuff going on then. Um. I feel so bad for our listeners, man. The things I put them through. <laughs> no, that was so cute. I have kind of a <clears throat> S&M relationship with our listeners. Yeah. Midnight sun. You're so... I'm just sadistic and they, they love it. The... They do love it. That's why they come back every time. They're my beautiful masochists. Oh. Um, if you listen to four hours of us rambling, yes. you must have a masochistic bone in your body I somewhere. I you do listen to four hours of us rambling. Maybe in your coccyx. What if there's anyone out there who really enjoys <laughs> Like, <laughs> what a funny thing to say. Because we have people who listen, but we don't necessarily get, like, comments. Sure. And I just want to know if there's anyone out there who's, like... I look forward to this. They get excited about this. it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I read Midnight Sun, and, you know, as I said before, I'd waited, like, 12 years or whatever, 11 years for this book to come out. And so I knew when I finished it, I took a whole month to read it. I read it really... Well, it is, like, 750 pages long. But I also... I read it real slow and I took notes as I went and things. Um, and I knew there was going to be a depression afterwards as there always is with something super exciting. There was going to be that dip. It's like when you go to conventions and you come home and you get the convention blues. That's like a thing. Or like you go on holiday and you come back and you get like the vacation blues or whatever. Um, it's like that. And I was dreading it. I was dreading it being over. I was dreading like having read it now, and it and it be done. Like there's not any more new stuff yeah. ever again. And so <laughs> there might be. <laughs> yeah, well, there might be. But there also might not. There be. There might not be. Um. So what happened was I finished it, turned the last page, and cried for like five minutes, and then decided to tap into the high feeling that I was feeling because it was so good rather than the sad feeling of it being over. Combine that with the fact that you had finished with my, the edits. Your manuscript. Yes. Ryan had kindly um, read my whole novel that I'd finished and gave me feedback and edits and things. And... I then had to go through like a hundred and I think there was like 127,000 words or something. I then had to go through, make all the edits, 
change. I didn't think I was going to change. I didn't think I was going to add. And then I had to go through and take out like 20,000 words because it was too long. Which is... Which is a fucking (laughs) devastation. It is. That's anguish. Pure creative anguish right there. So I tapped into the high of finishing Midnight Sun and the excited feeling because I wasn't quite at that, oh, I've got to take stuff out and it's going to be sad part yeah i was at there oh you've done the edits and i want to know what you thought and i want to see what you did and i want to like so i let those two things combine in my brain that's what kicked off my mania sure and then i was high for like seven days but in that i'd never worked like this people like i don't have what you would call a strong work ethic i work in bursts you will sit there for 10 hours a day writing you will open the document and you will make yourself stare at it until things happen. And I do that for pretty long, protracted periods of time. Yeah, you do 10 hours a day for weeks or months. Yeah. I, however, see if I feel like writing, <laughs> I will. I, I, I never open it and just stare at it and wait for it to happen. I have to feel like I want to do it. I'm that kind of insufferable. And I, I take that back. It's my, it's my design. And I want to apologize for it's it. It's your process. It's my process. You do sometimes see those really haughty, gatekeepy, elitist comments from professional authors where they say, I, I forget who it was who said it, but I saw someone ask an author where they were basically saying, how do you make yourself write? Like when you have good or bad days. And they essentially said, I'm a professional author. I write every single day. Yeah. That's what it is. That whole, no matter what you do, just yeah. write. Write even when you can't write. Just write, 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 write. And I'm like... But realistically... That's great. But if you have a mental illness, it doesn't work like that. If you have five mental illnesses, however... (laughs) You're a collector. I am a collector. Um, You got a glass display case. I do. So you can't... I can't just sit there and open the thing and make it happen. It's not going to work. So I have to feel it. And then what happens is it's a outpouring of emotions for like two hours, several thousand words... I'm done. It's I'm intense. not going to write now for a week or more. <laughs> Let's be real. It's usually more. Sure. Um, but I knew I needed this big push. I knew I needed to finish these edits so I could get ready to start doing my query letter and stuff. So I let all those things combine in my head, got the mania, and then I worked 10 hours a day for seven days. I did all the edits I took out all the words I needed to take out, which was, I did that, taking out that 20,000 words took me two days. I just sat there and I stared at it and my eyes were like (laughs) fucking stuck open with pegs and I was just like, I'm doing this. It was that kind of thing of like, I can't stop. I have to just do it until I've done it. And I'm not like that at all. So I needed it. It came at the perfect time. And then it was... Uh, you took advantage of that fuel source. Yeah. But then when it was depleted, it you was paid the price. It was ripped from me. It was cruelly ripped from me. Sure. Left me bleeding. You were like a wind-up toy with no charge left. Yeah. Just standing there, waiting to be trod on. Yep. So, yeah, I was, dev- I was devastated. But you got it done. It's fine, and I got it done. That's the important And now thing. I'm on to the uh, writing the old query letter thing, which I'm not going to go into, but... Looking for agents. Uh, yeah, Looking so, to be published. Yeah. I think we both now understand what the horrible lesson you have to learn at some point, which is when you finish your first really big, important creative project. Obviously, you've 
written long form fiction before, yeah. but this is like your book book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be my yeah. first novel. And you have this feeling when you're working on it, especially cause with my book. I worked on it for over three years. Mm. It was such a long, drawn out period where I was pouring so much of my time and energy and thought into it. You have this kind of unspoken conviction in your mind, and it's kind of too infantile to say out loud. But you just think, if I can just get to the end of this, and if I can just have this under my belt and say that, in this case, I wrote a book. Mm. I wrote a full-length novel, and it's here, and it's real, and no one can take that away from me or deny it. Something will change in my life. I will feel, I don't know, I don't know what. I'll feel better, more secure mm. as as an artist, more confident. I don't know what it is. But something, a lever will be pulled and I, and I will have surcease of sorrow, as Poe once said. But then you do finish it and the next day comes and you wake up and you feel the same. And it's like, yeah, what, what the fuck happened? Why was I kidding myself for, for all that time? I'm still the same person. Yes, I now have, I do feel a sense of pride that I did this incredibly difficult thing and I put so much into it and I made it the best it could be. But it doesn't change you on a molecular level. You still have the errant brain chemistry the next day. And that's hard to accept. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I actually finished my book the first, it's not the first draft, but like however many drafts, but the, it was my, my, the first, what the hell am I saying? <laughs> it was me finishing it in terms of like everything I could do at that point. Yes. Okay. I had gone through how many drafts and things in my, in my own self. And then the next the, the next part that had to come was someone had to read it and give me feedback and um, help with any, you know, editorial things that I might have needed, like catching any typos. Because once you've read it 800 times, like you do, sure. you're not reading it anymore, you're just remembering it. And so you miss crazy things. It's like, how could I have missed that? Sure. Um, you needed someone to come in and commit a comma genocide. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Secrets. So I, so <laughs> I do. So I actually finished this in January, January 18th. And I remember feeling so, like in the moment, it's like, wow, I finished it. I feel so light and so great and so high. And I'm, yeah. everything feels so good. And then you kind of think, well, like, Everyone needs to know that I finished it. That's 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 my sure. process anyway. I'm like the world needs to know I finished because yeah. this has taken me five years to write, and I need to tell everyone. And everyone that keeps asking me about it, how's writing coming? How's the book? Have you finished the book? Where's the book? What's the book about? Blah, blah, blah. I finished it, motherfucker. I finished it. I finally finished. Finished it in your face. And then it was like, well, I wanted to tell my mum, but I wanted to tell her in person. Sure. So I was like, can I come over? I need to talk to you. And of course, she must have been away, worried that you were going to tell her I something. I said it's nothing bad, but yeah. then she told me afterwards, like she always does, I thought you were going to tell me that you're pregnant. I'm like, mum, come on. <sighs> come on. There would be no telling you. Well, I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. But... <laughs> Easy does it. <laughs> mum, my books are my babies. <laughs> um, this is your grandchild. Yeah. So. 
I didn't feel it was great telling her and it was like, oh yeah, yeah. But then after that, I felt a little bit like I want fireworks. I want there to be like sky ride, like <laughs> writing about how fucking yeah. Samantha Jones has finished her first book. You want a telegram from the Queen. Yeah. But I realized what I really wanted was it to be published. Sure. I wanted while I was in my mind thinking that I needed was the process you'd get if you published it. You know, if you if you go with like a publishing house, there'd be celebrations there and promotion and stuff. And you would also get to celebrate it on like social media or whatever it is. Sure. You might even have like a party with the people that you know, like a little book launch. And I realized that's the next step that my brain was hoping to see, but I wasn't there yet. It's not immediate. It was fin. It, yeah. And I also wasn't there yet in terms of I needed you to read yeah, it yeah, and yeah. send it out. And then, of course, pandemic happened. So it kind of slowed everything down. And what I thought was going to be done by my birthday <laughs> is now like nearly the end of the year. And it is done now. I just need to do my query letter and stuff. But it's like I want it all to be instant. And when it's not, I, I have that. a really hard time with that. You want to write that you want to write the end at the end of it. Yeah. And then your face appears on a billboard in yeah. Times Square. <laughs> yes. That is exactly what I want. But it's like what? It's gonna be like a year later before I even hear back from any Yeah, that's the thing that people don't know is that even if you were to be successful, from the time that you finish your book to the time that it hits the shelves, it oh, would, it's going to be. It would be years. at least two years, probably. Yeah. yeah, because when I was researching this, it basically so like if I submit in the next few weeks, and then what? Hope to have heard back from everyone by like January. Um, you won't have heard back from everyone. Not everyone, but the bulk. You got the bulk of like things in the first month or two, and then it was stragglers. It was. It wasn't the bulk, but. It, I you would say get, in the first three months you get Yeah, that's most what I was thinking. That's also January. But that's you, three months. You're really talking six to like eight oh, months yeah. to get everything back. But because you get such a big, uh, you get such a kind of like a bulk of them sure. kind of within those three months. Say if like I did find out by January if it was successful, it's then going to take a year or whatever for them to like go through the process of like editing it and changing things or well, whatever. Also, and then they might also say by the end of that year, it's not going to come out for another year. You've got to remember that you're submitting it for an agent to represent. First, yeah. An agent then, then they, has to sell it to a publisher yeah, yeah, yeah. and then a publisher has to fit it into their So it's going to be several schedule. years. It will be definitely several years. There's no question yeah. about it. That's that's weird, man. Especially it is weird. I, you and I, who have worked on these books for years, years already, to add several years onto that is yeah. it's hard, man. Because I look at, I'm so in love with my my book, mm. my first novel. I really do love it. I have, you know, I do still feel that sense of of joy and pride and infatuation with my own work. But at the same time, I wrote the start of it when I was. 21 or 22 or and you are now. i think i think 22 or 23 actually maybe and i'm now 27 so <clears throat> as any writer knows even going back four years and look at your writing four years ago 
you do kind of wince a little bit and think, oh, this could have been so much better. Why didn't I yeah. do this? I can't believe I made that choice. I've learned from it now, but oh, God, I wish I could go back and change it. So not only will you have the time it takes to finish the book, but then you have the extra time that takes for it to get on shelves. And remember, even as soon as it hits a, sh- a bookstore shelf, then you have to wait for people to get it. Yeah. Someone might not buy your book for a year or two years. They might pick it up online and at that point, you're looking at, what, eight years since you fir- you wrote yeah. the first word on the first page? You know, it's not you're not the same person anymore. You're not the same writer. They're looking at a glimpse into your past. Yeah. Your creative past. I, f- I started writing my book at 29, and I finished it when I was 34. Sure. I'm now 35. It's not even been sent out yet. Um. Yeah, I thought I was going to send started sending it out by thirty five. Sure, that was my you know that was your goal. Well, originally it was thirty, hmm. even though I only started when I was twenty nine. Stupid dream to have, sure. and then it was like by the time I'm thirty two, thirty three. Every time a birthday came around, I was like, "You've got to do it now. Give yourself this year." <clears throat> but it doesn't work like that. Um, it does if you're Stephen King on cocaine. Yeah, remember I told you in in on writing, he says that he yes. wrote a book in. Yes, yes, yes. Which is just, that's just preposterous. And of course you have these kind of professional, I don't know, whatever genre it is where they bring out a book every year or two books, even two books a year. That's crazy. Or a book every year, let's say. That's crazy because they're not actually given a year to write it. No, of course not. It's a year to write it, edit it, get it out. So they're saying what? People are like, I wrote a book in three months. I'm like... I don't understand how long. How you... First of all, how long is it? Because if you're talking about a short novel, it could be as short as seventy thousand words. Yeah, that's two hundred. Which is pages, almost a third. That's almost that's yeah a bit over a third of my novel. I was going to say. Remember, your book is really two, like two book lengths. Yeah, nearly two book. Lengths. My book is almost two hundred thousand words. Yeah, and my my book is lower now. Sure. The fe- the crazy thing is After it's so hard. After you took so the hard, scalpel to it It's so hard to let it get out of control. I remember being at 85,000 words and thinking it's almost done because it's at 85,000 yeah. words. Um, but then realizing, no, this needs to be added. And then you're like, I'm really not done yet. I thought it was only done, but there's so much, le- like, do you know what I mean? Because I didn't, stupidly didn't have like an outline for this book. And then all of a sudden I'm at like 127,000. I'm like, fuck, I have to get it down by like 20,000 words. Sure. So, but and then the other thing is, is that because it you finish it and then it takes so long to like get it, decide what you're doing, whether you're self-publishing or publishing with a publishing house or whatever it is, you can't just wait for that. Like I have started writing a second book already. Sure. Because... As I was kind of waiting for edits from you and stuff, the inklings of like a new <laughs> thing had already of set course, in my yeah. brain. And you, as I've already said in this conversation, I can go month. You know, when it's really bad, I can go a couple of months without writing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll write tiny things here and there, like on my phone or whatever, but I won't. Really, you know, I could go months without opening my computer and sit really sitting down and pouring it out. And so I have to strike while it's in my brain, while it wants to come out. And I found myself 
working on it every day across these last few months to the point where I already have thousands and thousands of words, several chapters already. Sure. And and what I am doing is an outline <laughs> because it got crazy last time. Yeah. But yeah, so you have to kind of be working. So it's hard to step away from that first thing or that previous thing when you know it's not it's finished, not finished yeah. because it's not out into the world where you want it to be yet. And then, like, imagine if it does. If you do become successful in the way you want, you choose. If you want to go with like a publishing house or whatever, and then you have to talk about it again, and it's like been three years. I know that must be so. That's going to be odd. so strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard as well spending so much time away from it and it not being sent out yet because your brain starts to think of ways that you could change things. And you don't you're like, no, it's done. Stop that brain. Yeah. You could always go back and do this, that, or the other, but it needs to just be what it needs to be. You gotta leave it alone. At some point you have to even though you could go back and change it, like right now you could open up the doc. I mean, you're not finished yet. You still have. No, it's finished. It's query letter time. But you have to. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Those those last few things. Yeah. Okay. But even when you, when it, you know that everything has been done, done, you could go open the file and change some stuff. Yes, but you have to, you have to say to yourself, I am not touching anything. Yes, that's what I've had to do. Unless I find a typo. Yeah. I'm this is now this has been chiseled into granite and I cannot possibly yes. change it. Especially because well, otherwise you go crazy. Until the editing process yeah. with whoever, but yes, cuz especially upon starting something new, you're already changed. You're already a different writer than you were last year. Do you know what I mean? You've already thought of ways that things could be different or slash even in your mind better because you're always improving. But you've got to tell yourself no because yeah you you would dri- you could really drive yourself insane with just constantly tinkering and perfecting and mm-hmm. polishing and also you have to accept that you know especially with your book which is if you don't mind me saying semi autobiographical yeah it's produced from a certain moment in your life from that perspective and i yes. think you have to respect that and say i now probably would look at things differently so I can't, I can't go back and authentically get yeah. myself into that same mindset. Yes, that's very true. And I won't say why, but there's a very big part of like what the story is. I'm not there now, sure. you know, I'm not there now. I can step into it. I can remember it, but um, it's not the same. And so coming at it from somewhere not the same, I wouldn't want to like change yeah. the essence of it because... You've got to do what's in the best interests of the piece every time. I know, obviously, if I get, like, if someone says yes, they're going to, like, rip it apart anyway. But that's different. That's different to me going in and just fucking... You're going to have to brutalize your darlings. Yeah. But like you said, the... In a sense, it works out well. Because in this period when you're going to be finished with your book soon, completely finished with it, I'm already, I've been finished with my book for a while now. But inevitably, like you said, because we and creatives in general often have such fertile, fecund imaginations, you can't help but get 
enamored with some new idea and mm. start falling in love with the next thing. Yeah. And that is good in a sense because it takes your mind off the previous thing, stops you obsessing over it fruitlessly mm. and in a, possibly even detrimentally if you go back and tinker with it to death. And I'm the same way as you. I haven't, I don't, I'm not planning to start a second book anytime soon. It is in the in the foreseeable future. But I have a a document on my phone. Of course you do. Where for a while now I've been putting ideas and little snippets and just trying to like piece together this new world and this new idea for a new fictional novel. That's how my second one began as well. It just was like shit. Sure. There's a world building inside <laughs> my head right now. You can't stop it from happening. Yeah. That's the kind of the beautiful thing. I had thing. a dream. Just like with my first book, I had a dream. And the dream is like one of those fantasy dreams. And that's what kind of kicked it off. Sure. And then you know. Then you just run with it. Yeah. And yeah, it, it it's good. It's a, a helpful mechanism of your mind to help to shunt you onto the next thing. And this next... The idea I have for my next book, I feel like I'm already falling in love with it. Same. And I looked at the document the other day, and I thought, I didn't realize I'd put so much into it, but it's already over 10,000 words. I've yeah. just... and That's I, where I'm at. I haven't even written... Yeah. I haven't written any prose no. for the novel. I've just been writing down ideas and just playing around with different things and trying to build mm. the skeleton of what this world and these characters and this whole premise is going to be. I had a really um, vivid, like, very real realisation, which is a really obvious thing, I know, but um, just, I was, like you said, I was falling in love with the new story, the new world. I was getting excited to, like, work on it and play with play with the characters and you know sure. shape them name them i was so excited you love about naming na characters i love naming things just everything from like chapter names to like character name anything that has a name i'm like fucking down i want to name it and um I, I was waking up really excited like for so long my first book was like you've got to finish your book you've got to finish your book sure so there was an air of like, I've got to work. I'm not like excited, but I know it needs finishing. Yeah. So there was that for so long until the end when I got that like rush of like, oh my God, I'm here at the end and it's really fun again and like whatever. Yeah. But now with the new story, it's like, fuck yeah, I can do it. From, this is something new from scratch. It's new characters. I'm not tied to this one thing. I'm not kind of like beaten in by the <laughs> fucking pressure of it all yeah. and i was waking up really excited to work on it every day and so i had this realization of like i'm, I'm making a world inside my head and I, it's coming to life on a page sure and hopefully one day someone is going to read it and they're going to think it's good and i just had this it was just such an obvious thought but I don't know, it made me really happy. <laughs> I felt I felt in that moment like I was a real writer, if that makes sense. Because right. there's so much of this, like, that made me emotional. Sure. <laughs> there's so much of that. If we weren't 15 feet apart, yeah. I would reach out and yeah. touch you. 
give we, you some human contact. I can touch your foot. You can touch the end of my toes just about. Let's squishy touch it. Yeah. What's the thing? It's, it's throwing me off. Being a real writer. Oh, yeah. Because there's so much of this, like, you kind of get hung up when, when you're first, like, starting wherever it is in the creative space of, like, can I call myself this if I'm not making money or if I'm not famous, if I'm not whatever? And for a while I've been trying to be comfortable with when someone asks me what I do by saying I'm a writer, not, you know, saying it in any other way. Not saying I'm an aspiring writer. Yeah, or, like, I, I would like to be an author. Or like I'm writing a book or like whatever. I don't really know how you would say it, but like, I don't know. So I had a moment of feeling like, no, I am. It doesn't matter what happens now. I wrote my first book and I'm working on my second book. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm a writer and I'm finally doing, I really felt like I was capable. Sure. Because for so long I was like incapable of fi- fi- finishing things is one of my my fucking mental deficiencies phobias it's it's like a big part of like what like my kind of mental struggle and for so long it was about that it was like maybe i'm incapable of ever finishing anything and then i did <laughs> and so now i finally feel like well, i am a real girl secrets secrets <laughs> soon to be unveiled hey, in 2022 i used to say Come in 2020 when I knew I was in the end. Yeah. And I'm like, no, bitch. It's going to be like 2022, 2023, 2024. You can buy a copy of Samantha's book and go see The Batman with Robert Pattinson. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. How good is that trailer? Everything's getting delayed. That trailer was fucking awesome, yes. man. I, was, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I love the style that mm, they're going for. That gritty. Yeah fucking it's shot in london which i'm yeah. so excited about like a london gotham i'm i mean they're not gonna say it's london sure. they're gonna say it's new york but or they're gonna say it's gotham but that's pretty fucking cool it looks great man i was really bowled over by that trailer he looks so good as batman he does. too that whole neo-noir <laughs> thing they're going for is just just inject it straight into my veins do you miss batman i'm vengeance I'm vengeance. You do you do better than me. Sure. Um, but yeah. So, but yeah, we just saw today that they're moving the date to 2022. The fox. And Dune's getting delayed as well, right? Yeah. I haven't watched the trailer for that because I just I'm just going to watch I watched the film. It. I don't know anything about it. That's the problem. If I if I had seen the previous film or read the book or anything, so I can't really say so whether we have the book on the shelf right there. You could I go know, and remedy right that. Can I see it? Or you could edify yourself before we go. Oh, I can see it. Yeah, I have the 50th anniversary edition. It is gorgeous. But yeah, I just it really stands out actually. Yeah, because of the color of it. I just, having seen some stills from the film, I can just already tell that I'm going to like it. Little Timmy Tam. Looks with good Zendaya with his, in yes. there. Still suits. What a good pair. I just, it just looks good, man. And the guy, isn't it Villeneuve? Yeah. And we know that he does good work. Villeneuve, I think it is. Oh, okay. Um, I, just, I just have confidence that it's going to be a yeah, good film. And I'd rather, 
when when I know I'm gonna like something, I really try not to watch trailers. Yeah, it's like Tenet. I told you yeah. not to watch. I think you watched the first trailer way back, but there's a second trailer that shows you a lot more. Sure, yeah. And I told you, I not don't to need wa- to see it. I'm, I, I'm I excited it to see the film. I was sure. to watch the trailer and also wanted to see Rob, but um, I told you not to watch the second trailer because stop. You, no, I'm not going to say why, but you hate it when because you, you don't want to know. No. And they do show you too much. But um, so hopefully we get to see that soon. Sure. Not at the cinema because they're all closing and we wouldn't oh, go anyway. Yeah. But we, yeah. little little COVID update. <laughs> um, still happening for the history books. Yeah, it hasn't just disappeared uh, like October. Trump said. Like a miracle. Yeah. One day it'll just be gone. The warm weather's going to come and it's just going to wash it all away. Sure. Um, and then the cold wave is going to come. It's the sirens blare. I know. Um, That's the virus police coming for you. We haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> you go out to get essentials. I've been out twice. I went, had to go to a doctor's appointment. Had to get my eyes, my prescription changed. I had to get my eyes tested. But apart from that, we don't go out ever because sure. it's scary. Dangerous and scary. It's scary. It's frightening. It's frightening. That's really the update. What a cheery update. Yeah. We, I, yeah. My yeah. mom is currently waiting for test results because she may have been exposed. Sure. Um, that's it. That's it. That's the update. We don't go out. We anti-back the <laughs> shit out of anything that comes in the house. Yeah. Um, what else can you really say? They just say? said today, confirmed what we've been new, Kitty, what we've been new, that it... It essentially could be airborne in small right. places and it lingers, particles linger. <laughs> and that <clears throat> you can contract it further than six feet apart, slash two meters. That's good to know. Which we always knew, but they finally only today said it. The Sudasa came out the and said Sudasa, it. The Sudasa, the who. You always say the who. The who. Why would I say the whole three words when I can just say the who? WHO. It's got a nice ring to it. Whatever. The who sounds better. Sure. Um, Samantha has a Friends branded mask and now has a Twilight branded mask. Oh, yes. What's up with that? So basically there was like a Twilight. I won't say the whole thing because it's too long and I'll get too caught up in it. But Twilight, every year there's like a festival, Twilight in Forks. Um, Some great people run like a festival and you can go and there's cosplayers and it's really fun. I've never been, but my dream is to go one day. (laughs) I thought maybe this year because my brain, I was like, if I finish in 2020, and then they say yes in 2020, and I'll be able to afford to go in 2020. No, no, 2024 at the earliest. Sure. Well, you get your advance as soon as they sign. I might not get an advance, though. Some places don't give you one. Or I might just get an advance of, like, a thousand pounds. Sure. That's not going to fucking... Well, that could squeeze me into Fox if you get... Like, put me a in a really, suitcase. Really cheap. Don't like, have to buy me a ticket. Um, just put a oxygen canister and some snack bars in there. I'll just go on now. I'll wear an adult diaper. <laughs> What? Don't worry about it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so they do this thing every year. Because of corona, they moved it online. So they did, like, quizzes and, like, panels with the cosplayers and things. And it was really fun because it meant for the first time people who can't usually go could go do the online stuff. And I, I did some of the trivia, played some of the trivia games. And in one of the... Fucking sometimes, shockingly, I don't get things right. And I'm like, how could I? You know why? Because it's things like, what p- 
car, what's the car, the model of the car called that Jacob was fixing? And I'm like, I couldn't remember that if you, you know, I could never remember that. So I came third in one of them. And, and there was a, bit, a lot of people playing. Yeah. Well, so that's a respectable that, finish. I thought that was quite good, especially because yeah. I came like fucking 14th in one of them. But especially because it's... It's winning, the, it winning amongst super fans. Yes, it's is not impressive. just playing the casual viewer who may have seen the movies once. It's yeah. book questions, movie questions. Um, so I came third in one of them, which I thought was really fucking cool, to be honest. And there was prizes, and I totally forgot about it. And then today, just as we were about to do the podcast, a package came, and it came from Chicago, and I was like, "What? I'm so confused." And the label, I told you, because I brought it into you, I could tell it was the Twilight font. Yeah, and I'm like, "What is happening?" I, I honestly couldn't remember. It didn't even enter my mind. And in there, there's like, for people who know, the Midnight Sun cover is the pomegranate. So there's like a pomegranate that says Midnight Sun, not a real pomegranate, like a ornamental. What it is, a, I think it's a real. No, it's ornamental. But I think it's a real pomegranate that's been lacquered. No, no, no. I think it's made out of like wood or something. It's not. It's not a pomegranate. I think it is. They have to hollow it out. Can you imagine? How would they? We put have it the together? technology. How would they put it together? You can hollow something out without splitting it. It is not real. I think it is. It's not. Samantha's laughing here <laughs> condescendingly, but I think I actually am I'm right. I'm not laughing condescendingly. <laughs> it's not. Anyway, she does this sometimes where she's so sure she's right that she's like. <laughs> Hee hee, I can't believe you'd ever think the opposite. And then I turned out to be right. Oh, and I forgot to say, this these quiz things, it was in conjunction with another group called Ladies of Isle Esmay. They're all kind of like together kind of thing, sure. but separate. I don't know. And um, so I had like a certificate saying like, Sam, Sam Rosie, like Ladies of Isle Esmay. And then there's like the pomegranate that says Midnight Sun. There's a Cullen Crest like face mask. Um, with filters with filters and there's like this cute little purse and there's like a little (laughs) (laughs) this is a little like charm keyring thing it has my name on it like not written like it's been like made and um and on the back it says be safe because if you know you know and there's even like a cute little thing that says forever and it has like hand sanitizer in it, which I thought was uh, very themed. Yes. And I thought that was amazing. And I was like shocked and surprised and happy. You and were shocked to your core. How lovely, though. Yeah. How lovely. So Just you should check get, that out. To by get the way, this. If you're a fan, if you don't know. Gift package through the mail unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah, it was super cool. What was the point of me saying this? You just. No, there was a reason. Reveling in the joy of it. Oh. I thought there was, we got onto the package. The euphoria thing. of getting unexpected lovelies. Yeah. But anyway, now you have a friend's face mask and a Twilight friend's mask. Oh, that's why. Because you were saying you have a friend's mask and a Twilight face mask. Yeah, because we obviously wear masks. But I like how you have to have a branded one. Well, I only got the... Fr- I haven't even used the friend's one yet. I only got it like two days ago, like when you went out for... Sure. Essential stuff. I, Essential things and you got friends face. Well, I also, that trip, as anyone who lives in the UK knows, there's been a renaissance of friends branded yeah, it's everything under the sun. It's absolutely everywhere. At some point within the last five years, it's clear that really some UK company got the licensing mm. rights and was just thinking to themselves, we're going to cash in on this to the nth degree. Because it's everywhere. Like, everywhere. For UK people, this was in B&M. 
Sure. Which in America is, it, I don't know. It's maybe like the homeware place of like... Dollar Think Tree? Thing? No, because it's not that cheap. Dollar Tree is like... But it's kind of a store. cheap... It's like somewhere between market. Target and Dollar Tree. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, they had so much Friends branded stuff in there. And I got these Friends branded coffee pods. Yeah. You know, when you have like a pod machine. machine. Yeah. And I tried it the other day and it was pretty vile. I I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I only tr- I only <laughs> bought it and tried it because it was Friends branded. Which is so stupid. And it, I just thought it would be a funny novelty. Uh, and it was really like... Oh. It was sweet and also didn't taste it was uh It was grim, yeah. to say the least. If oh. you tried to describe to someone who had never tasted coffee what coffee tasted like, and then they went on their own devices and tried to put together something that tastes like coffee... Like yep. the third remove, having never experienced it <laughs> firsthand. That's what it tasted like. <laughs> That's a smile. I don't like coffee, so I didn't even taste it. But yeah. I don't recommend it. And I finally, after all this time, got a really huge mug that says Friends on it. That's got like the Friends Central Perk stuff on it. Logo. Central Perk, yeah. I don't know why I said Friends. I don't know either. My brain like... But yeah, I've been wanting one forever, and there are always those, but I feel like it just wasn't ever right, and this one was so good. Yeah, the the one you've got so cute, it's like an outline of the skyline, Yeah, the famous kind of friends. Yeah. It's It's a nice colour, it's got like that cute colour inside. Twilight one you just won has the the colon crest. I've been looking at those as well, because like, there are... Fans who like just make their own merchandise, like on Etsy or whatever. And there's quite a few that make all like Redbubble and they make their own masks. And I, I keep seeing people with them. And I was like, oh, I kind of want one. And now you got one. And now I have one. You won one with your knowledge. With my knowledge. How cool is that? That is quite good. Your knowledge. My knowledge. Solange. My brain. Ambiance. What? You just fucking. Remember when Solange beat the shit out of Jay Z in an elevator? <laughs> That was pretty interesting. <laughs> that was pretty interesting. What's up with that? What's up with Beyonce? Statue in the corner. That was a very interesting like she's scene. Just like, she's letting it happen. Yeah. But she's not doing anything herself. There's a lot. I like it. There's a lot to like about that video. It. It's interesting. I wonder how much the person... Did we talk about this in the podcast before? How I don't much think the person so. made selling that video? No, I don't think so. Oh, we did. Did we? Let's not speak of it. Wow. How, how did that come up again? Sure. Now we just need a video of someone beating the shit out of Dr. Dre. Oh, yeah. I like how everyone's forgotten that he beat up a woman. He choked a woman and threw her to the ground. And people were Uh, celebrating when he got a billion dollars from the Beats deal. I was going to say, people are celebrating with his headphones. (laughs) It's like, Jesus Christ. How quickly one's sins are are forgiven. I guess. If you have a prominent place in cultural life cancel culture truly isn't really real i guess but it's also like there's a weird statue of limitations on things somehow yes it's like after a while people just and some people don't care to begin with honestly sure so yeah let's talk about all the things that have happened Uh, what has happened politically i mean oh politically all right Because I feel so like, you know, that. people want to hear what you have to say about it. I'm going to end up writing all this I stuff down at greater length in a blog yeah. post, probably. But this is your outlet to tell the people, the adoring crowds, <laughs> what your opinion is. I'm in the people where I just think everyone is stupid and I'm mad about it. 
I'm at the incoherent stage. Sure. What about you? Well, let's. I think we want to know what you. Let's think break about down it. what we're talking about. There was first the fact that RPG passed away. Yes. Rest in peace. Yes. Rest in power. Rest in power. As they say, the kids, the coolans, the coolans, the younguns, and the coolans, the youth, and yeah, it's that incredible that in one term, Trump is getting to pick three Supreme Court justices. That's just, you know, fate really does have a cruel sense of humor to get four years and you get to pick three justices. That, what are the odds of that? And yeah, it's just really depressing, man. It's really depressing that a, a third of the Supreme Court bench are going to be Trump appointees. The conservatives are going to have a five... Oh, no, a 6-3 advantage. When does this ever happen? This has never happened. For it to be that unbalanced, I don't even... I mean, I'm not an expert on Supreme Court history, but I don't know when the last time it's been that lopsided. No, I meant more so that he gets to pick three. Yeah, I I don't know about that. That's an interesting question. Because it's bound to be presidents who never got to pick any. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I wonder what the most ever picked in one term is that's an interest three well it could no. be more than three depending on if something happens yeah. that's an interesting piece of trivia like to look know up. about it because that'd be quite sure the thing to... like warren g harding picked nine somehow yeah, like we'd know they about all it. fell down in an elevator crash and they he had all to... <laughs> fell out there's got to be a rule how like they can't be all nine in one place at one i bet i bet they can't all fly on the same plane yeah do you think there's a designated survivor yeah. if, they, if they all go on vacation? You have to stay here in a panic room. So anyway, it's just, yeah, what can you really say? And it what was do so, you want to say? Well, okay, well, it was just so predictable, the aftermath. What was really sickening to me was on the night that she died, literally within hours... An hour. It was an hour. One hour. You had statements from the Republicans saying how, you know, giving kind of the perfunctory, half-hearted, like, oh, we're so sad. She was such a great jurist. She was a trailblazer for women, and we care so much about that in the GOP. But then in the same statements, they were talking about how excited and eager they were to replace her with a conservative constitutionalist. And to seriously put that out hours after someone dies and dies after a long battle with cancer, it's so tragic and it's so sad and it's just so awful. And someone whose last, literal last statement was, I fervently desire that I not be replaced until a new president is elected and installed. To, to, that really saddened yeah, me. To contradict that in this kind of gleeful exuberant excited way like you're just champing at the bit she's making the wind blow yeah there is there are gusts of winds happening outside to sit it just it was so appalling and in such bad taste mm-hmm. and just such a sign of of i mean you know. utter disrespect yes it was, i mean her body's not even cold and you're seriously s- uh. telling people don't worry we're gonna ram through a, a replacement for her you couldn't even wait to the next day. Who's worrying about that? I know. No one's fucking worrying about that. <sighs> You're making it a thing because you can't wait. And we've talked about this 
on a previous podcast, I, I vaguely recall about my how much I despise Mitch McConnell. He really is just, he's one of those politicians that just makes my skin crawl. He is such a scummy, sleazy, unprincipled little ghoul. <laughs> and the fact that we have to suffer his existence in national politics is, <laughs> it's cruel and unusual punishment. I'm pretty sure it's prohibited by the Constitution. You don't usually go to the monster route in Unless you really fucking believe in that person. Like, I will call someone a monster. I mean, they are a monster. But you'll be like, no, are they a monster though? Like, Or are they just like a bad person? <laughs> Whereas like, you went to the monster place. Well, he, he's just so slimy and mendacious and just slippery and he i really think there's something vile about him and politicians like him just the way they smirk and tell you one thing and have absolutely no you know compunction about then completely blatantly contradicting it down the line they don't consider themselves in any way tethered to principle or their past actions and commitments yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I mean, we knew this was going to happen because McConnell obviously famously blocked Obama's pick in his last year. That's the thing. The fact that they can just do... They blocked it when he had more time, right? It wasn't as this close to the election. No, Obama, Obama. Ha I think... He had I, like a year, yeah. didn't he? Or half a year. And then, like, Trump may only have, like... A month and a half left. Until the election, yeah. Until the election. Of course, he is all, I don't just have to remember, I have till January sure. or whatever, but um, he's going to fucking take all the seconds available well, to him. The idea but, of ramming through a Supreme Court nominee in the lame duck session of Congress mm -hmm. is just so abhorrent. And so, like, anyone, if they weren't blinded by their partisan... Uh, viewpoint wouldn't see that that is completely illegitimate yeah you no well, longer have any kind of mandate to do anything i think the biggest the biggest reason why they shouldn't be allowed to do it is that people have already started voting yeah that's a good point because they've already started voting based on everything that was in place things have changed things have changed and things are going to change even further if he gets to pick therefore you shouldn't be able to, because sure. people have already begun the voting process. They already started voting based on what was laid out. Who was there, in what position, everything, everything, everything. And, yeah, I think that's the biggest reason why they shouldn't be allowed to do it. I think Biden said that in the debate. Oh, the debate. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's weird in that, obviously, constitutionally, they have the right to do it, and they are empowered to do it. No one's debating that. They de It's definitely, you know, it's allowed that they can do it. However, they backed themselves into a corner for no reason, just because they wanted to block Obama's pick by saying that in an election year, you shouldn't be able to choose a Supreme Court. That's what I mean. They'll say what they want when it's them trying to yeah. get... But when it's expedient, no honor at all. they pretend as if there are these moral absolutes. Yeah. And then as soon as the, the table's turned... They fall back on, but I'm not doing making any rules. I'm not breaking any rules. This is the law. Sure. I can do what I want. I have till January. I can fucking 
Yeah, they set precedents and then they pretend as if they never did that. That's what's what really gets me Didn't is Didn't that guy say that thing where he was like you can use my words against oh, me yeah. as well? Oh yeah. That's Lindsey Graham yeah. who's just a really contemptible that laughable video, figure. Man. Where that the video that came out where during the the where they blocked Merrick Garland for Obama, he literally says if a Republican wins in 2016 and in his last year he gets to pick a Supreme Court nominee, you can use my words against me. You can tell whoever's deliberating over it that Lindsey Graham said that this is not, this shouldn't happen, this shouldn't go forward, this is illegitimate, this is wrong. He literally said that as blatantly and as straightforwardly yeah. and as plainly as you possibly could imagine. And the fact, the night that RBG died, people were circulating that video yeah, as if it was, was going to do anything, which I, I get in a sense, but you have to, you have to, they don't, don't care. You, you can't shame yeah. them. You can't shame them into doing something. You have to marvel at the naivete mm. of that because Lindsey Graham, that same night, literally put out a statement with some totally mealy-mouthed, evasive bullshit of saying, you know, the Democrats treated Kavanaugh so badly that it's changed the rules and blah, blah, blah. For that reason, I will wholeheartedly and forcefully support <sighs> President Trump picking a Supreme Court justice. That's the thing you've got to realize you can't, people like that, you can't play the game as if the rules are being obeyed. Because they, if one side is not obeying the rules, it's pointless to try and put the rules to them and make them, make them try to do something. I think the Republicans break the rules more than the Democrats. Is that true? In, because I feel like Democrats, in a sense, will still be like, they'll finally get like the power or whatever, and then they won't use it to the full extent whereas like the republicans will i would say of course i don't i don't have like a a full knowledge of american history but at least in my lifetime i would say that's probably true based on my yeah. observations that's what i was thinking on based on my observations too it's yeah lindsey graham really is just i mean he's he's a figure like ted cruz where they just have absolutely no shreds of dignity or self-respect left to have gone from being never Trumpers who were saying that Trump is a disgrace and he's a, a racist and a xenophobe and he's unqualified and he's an embarrassment to the Republican Party during the primary of 16. And then as soon as he becomes the nominee and gets the presidency and he could do something for you, he can raise your statue and, and grant you favors to then become this bootlicking sycophant Especially when you remember the things that Trump said about Cruz, insulted his wife, implied that his uh, Cruz's father was involved in the JFK assassination and all this, like, you know, New York Post-esque oh conspiracy theorizing. To then, to literally then turn around and, and be a brown noser and be his biggest fan and supporter and advocate, you really, it's enough to make a cat laugh. Is is what I will say. People like you that. You said that with such a <laughs> <laughs> But people like that seriously have no dignity left. Yeah. They really don't. Because Trump would come out and say something really horrible about them right now. And tomorrow they'd be, if they needed something yeah. or whatever, or they were fearing for their jobs in any way, they would, they would yeah. beg him for. They're just people that have, they're just power hungry want to be in close proximity to the ultimate power mm. 
and they just have no principles or no bedrock of moral feeling or conviction. And that's why they are so successful. Although Lindsey Graham right now is facing a very close race in his uh, constituency. So he may, it would be such sweet justice if he gets voted out. Like, I mean, that never happens where the right, where the right thing actually comes to pass and someone is punished for their moral decrepitude. But once in a great while, once in a blue moon, you do see that sweet justice. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to happen. But anyway, oh, you know the other thing as well? When Trump put out his short list, or maybe it was his long list, of potential Supreme Court nominees, this was before RBG passed, Ted Cruz was on it. And so was that Tom Cotton guy who's a senator who famously wrote an a New York Times op-ed saying that the military should be sent in to crush the George Floyd protests. Basically advocating for, you know, martial law. Yeah. Which is crazy. But anyway, they were on his shortlist. The idea of Ted Cruz being a Supreme Court justice is just so completely comical and absurd. Do you think he will run for president again? I doubt it. I think Ted Cruz has seen that he is not that caliber and is not well liked or respected enough anyway didn't he vote against is ted cruz the guy who voted no you're thinking of mitt romney oh why do i some i don't get them confused as in i know who is who and i know they don't look the same (laughs) but for some reason they do overlap in my brain not sure why the mitt romney thing's really interesting man in that he, of course, famously was the only Republican to vote for Trump's impeachment, which kind of That's made him referring to in a weird way this liberal folk hero, yeah. where they were holding him up and giving him all these plaudits and backpats of, "Wow, he's a Republican, but he's clearly got principles." And you know, even though he's on the other side, he's, he's able to see. Yeah, and again, it just made me laugh so hard at the time because mm. I knew that the next that that was a one-off event. Where he actually had some backbone and some, you know, moral courage. Do you think he'll run again? No, not me, Romney. You use, once you lose the actual president, like, you actually he are actually running for president. Run it, yeah. You don't usually run again. You can, though. Yeah, of course. If you lose a primary, a lot of people will run again, yeah. which is why Ted Cruz feasibly could. But anyway, I knew that the next time Mitt Romney was tested, he would fail. And... So the the Democrats need four Republicans to defect on this Supreme Court uh, vote. And they have two. There are two female senators. And so they needed two more. And people were thinking it could potentially be Mitt Romney. And I just knew, I just knew in my gut that he wouldn't. Because he wants conservative constitutionalist judges both on the federal bench and definitely on the supreme court and i knew that he would put that over the fact that this is clearly wrong and goes against a precedent that the republicans set only four years ago jesus fucking christ but anyway i knew that he wouldn't and he didn't he came out and was like just gave some kind of bullshitty evasive statement saying he was going to support trump and people saw that you shouldn't or i hope they saw that you need to be careful where you put your trust and your expectations. Ultimately, these people are career career politicians. Yeah. And they're going to do whatever they have to do to to achieve their long-term 
political aims, whether it's right or wrong. So yeah, depressing. She will she will be um, confirmed, and she will enter the bench, and then the Conservatives will will be up six three, and the next four years are going to be incredibly explosive. His pick was a part of this women's group where they called themselves the Handmaids. That really tells you everything sure. you need to know about this woman. Well, she, yeah. I, I've she's, ha- just, she's the opposite of our... Be- uh, to know what she would be thinking now... Yeah, I think she would be pretty bummed that this is the way that the Supreme Court is going to swing. But I really... I think people don't fully understand how, like, you really can't overstate the advantage the advantage this gives to conservatives now. The power this grants them to reshape the fabric of the nation. I'm like scared for women in America. Well, I think it's almost certain that a challenge to Roe versus Wade will come up in the next few years, yeah. and it's really hard to see how it. I mean, maybe they won't actually overturn Roe versus Wade as, you know, as a like federal right to abortion. But I think it's I think it's really beyond any reasonable doubt that they're going to chip away at it to the point where it's just kind of a Mm. skeleton of what it was. I think that's probably what that I think you're probably right, actually, because they might see they might think going that route of chipping away at it and changing small things Um that there won't be such a... Can you a imagine if it happened and it happened in one go? It's done. It's gone. We overturned it. All these new laws are in place. There would be more riots. Sure. Whereas if you chip away at it, it it's not going to come as, as, as hugely and harshly in one go. Yeah. It'll just be in, in another four years or however long it takes. They... They managed to just do it slowly, which will obviously still be as devastating, but their backlash won't be the same. I think you're right. Just in terms of force and numbers. Yeah. People need a huge event to get them out into the street, especially now. You need the headlines of like Roe versus Wade has been overturned in its Mm. entirety to galvanize people so that there's a million woman march on Washington. Yeah. You need it to be this dramatic, unequivocal mm. change, a regression. Uh, yeah, and that's not me saying that w- women won't march for less. Mm. What I'm saying is, it's not a less or more. It's a, in order to get the numbers that could make a difference, in order to get the numbers that, you know, the protest continues until something happens, sure. rather than just a marching today and then we go home kind of thing. Because everyone knows then you're marching today and then you're going to go home. Whereas, like, if it's a full-out, unexpected situation. Yeah. Yeah. But... I like how all these things have happened and we're talking about American politics. But things have happened here, too, and we're just like... Yeah, well, nothing on this scale. No, but, you know, there have been some horrible things happening sure. in the last few months. I also just pay you know 50 times more attention to american politics i don't anymore i used to but this fucking year man it's like five years worth of news in one year yeah indeed and yeah can't get can't get away from it now i feel you know how like people used to be like i'll stay out of politics because i'm like 
I've just said I want it to be political. Sure. Everything is political now. I feel like it always was, but people were able to kind of twist things and kind of see that it you use it in a way that wasn't political. But sure. now it's like every single thing in politics. I think people are realizing that politics is in every single thing, and that you can't get away from it because it's how you live and the things that you do and the things that you choose to say and whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, I think people got lured into complacency by the Obama years because there was such stability and there was such a sense of, well, we're progressing in the right direction, so we don't have to be too yeah. alarmed about this. Yeah, it wasn't that he was perfect. It was that he wasn't dropping bombs every week about something or other that dropping bombs is the wrong thing to say. Sure. You know what I mean? He wasn't, it wasn't, oh, what has Trump done now? It wasn't an endless string of scandals. Yes. Yeah. There's a quote, and you generally don't want to be quoting someone like, I think it's Lenin, which, again, you know, an, uh, ino an inauspicious <laughs> person to be uh, parroting the wisdom from. But I saw it making the rounds a while back. I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it's basically like there are years where nothing happens, and then there are weeks where decades happen. Yes. And in, in Trump land... Time, we've had a weird time dilation yeah. effect where it feels like so much is happening every few months even. It's not just because Trump is Trump and that's how he's been, but it's also the pandemic and time yeah. not meaning anything anymore for a lot of people. Obviously, for a lot of people, things are the same. They sure. have to still work the same. They have to still function the same. Um, but for a lot of people, it's just kind of like, Wait, it's October? Sure. It's fucking April. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's April. Nothing is happening. And then, like, I saw a list the other day of, like, all the crazy things that have happened in 2020. And I'm like, no, that happened two years ago. No, it happened in May. <laughs> <laughs> and you just don't remember because sure. so much has happened between now and then. Yeah. But, yeah. I think that it will be... What I've heard is that the Democrats are not going to go after Amy Coney Barrett the same way they went after Kavanaugh. Even before the sexual assault allegations came out, they were pretty determined to savage him and attack his reputation and try to basically make it this really drawn-out, brutal... Um, to basically just damage him any way they could mm. and to put him through the ringer. What I've heard is that they aren't going to take that same approach with Barrett. What are they going to do? Well, nothing? there's nothing they really can do in that she she is a qualified jurist. She has come up the ranks the way that judges usually do. She's clerked for Supreme Court justices before. Like, she has all the, the bona fides of someone who would want to ascend to the highest court. So I think the... I heard there was a rumor that they were planning that they were considering boycotting the confirmation proceedings like just no democrats yeah, I show up that. i don't think that would be a good idea I don't think that's gonna mean anything. it doesn't it doesn't well they can't stop it no matter what they do but the idea is to try and make it seem illegitimate yeah by saying this is a republican you know uh ruse and a, a republican ploy and so we shouldn't take part of it and give it a veneer of bipartisan legitimacy being a Supreme Court justice is like being royalty without being famous. Wow, that's a great summation. 
That's interesting in that, yeah. Because I think most... I mean, obviously, occasionally one of them gets big like RPG. Yeah. And well, she's known for But that was people. only at the very end of her life yeah. that she became a rock star. Yeah. It's interesting that I think most Americans... I, I mean, this might be presumptuous and I might have too low opinion of people. But I think most <laughs> Americans could not name... They can't all, name all They of couldn't them. name all nine no, no, Supreme no, no, Court no. justices. Um, which is fascinating because the Supreme Court is in lots of ways more important than either the presidency or yeah. any particular session of Congress. I mean, we've talked about this before. I don't think we've talked about it in the podcast, but I think the idea of lifetime appointments is ridiculous, is ridiculous and absurd yeah. and should be abolished as quickly as possible. I do as well. The fact well, that you can literally be on the Supreme Court until you are completely senile mm. and have to be, you know, I get. I don't think you can actually be removed. You can impeach a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, I'm sure if there was enough evidence publicly, yeah. they'd, they'd find a way to. I also just think, in terms of like ages and things, weird. When you are, when for instance we're watching like the debates and you're thinking this is too seven set. Like, you know, people talk about Biden. Is he there? Is he with it? Is he sharp? And then you think well, these two people are like in their seventies, and sure. it's like they're running for president for at least four years. And it's like I'm not saying they can't do it at that age. What what I'm trying to get at is we need to normalize. Like you don't have to be. Like I was saying to you, I was reading not long ago, years and years and years and years and years ago in America, the presidency was seen more as a retirement job because you didn't necessarily have to do crazy right. shit. It's not like now where you're having to fucking. You're essentially the most powerful in the world in a lot of ways. And you're constantly having to do things and make all these decisions. And obviously with age comes experience. Things that you can't learn just by going to like school or whatever. I'm not saying let's get some 20-year-old in the fucking White House. But can we like normalize like a 40-year-old running or like even 35? Get some like... All the people in power are old. Sure. Well, you have to be 35 to run, to be president. Yeah, but 35 is not old. I meant like, they're not 35, though, yeah, are they? I, yeah, of course. Even Obama wasn't 35. No, but Obama was, young, was a young man. He was man. a great age. He was a great age yeah. because he was seasoned, but he still had so many years left of like I a, don't know how seasoned he was. No, he, I mean seasoned as in... He was a junior congressman. No, no. I mean, he'd lived enough life to gain experience in things, if yes, that makes th- sense. Yes, this is true. It's not just a case of like, well, I know all of this because I went to like fucking eight years of Yale. various schools. Sure. And I basically reached the top of like whatever I was studying. No, but then you also need like 15 years life experience to sure. go with it. Because it's not just about knowing things, it's about... You've got to have all that, like, critical thinking and, like, relationship. You've got to have relationships with a lot of different people in order to, like, know how people work. You sure. can't learn that from a book. Yeah, this is true. Um, so there's all these different things that you have to... But if we're normalizing, just, a, you know, not everyone has to be 60. I agree, but you have to... I mean, there were young people in the Democratic primary, but yeah, they true. weren't... They didn't win. I don't think it's because they were young, though. Like you had, well, they weren't s- young, but no. It. 
no one's i don't think anyone's gonna not vote for you because you're 45 that's yeah. not a demerit against you however there is and you know like you said there is a perceived extra level of wisdom and competency mm. and understanding that is attributed to you when you're you know older 50 yeah. 60 70 in our in our current case could Should- he be like 70 if biden won he how old is 71 no, he's 70, I think he's mid-70s, I want to say. So he'll be in his 80s and still be yeah. president. Well, we've talked about this many times. Biden was was kind of hinting that he might commit to a one-term pledge. And I really think that would have been an incredibly smart thing for him to do. Because he would have maybe tipped some people over. Yeah, because you say to them, yes, I do look quite old right now. And I'm, I spe- <laughs> you know, four years from now, it's going to be intensified even more. And And... Being president famously yes, ages you. Yes, you only have to look at the pictures of Obama yeah. before and after. Well, any president, no one's immune to those stresses. But anyway, you say I'm only here for one term. I'm basically going to write the ship, and I'm going to get everything back to normal and get us in, back into good shape in our worldwide standing and whatnot, and calm the the acrimony and division that's having that's been sown in this country. And then I'm going to hand it off to the next generation. Yeah. Like, I think that would have been... People would have seen that as a really unselfish, really... um, Just like a really profoundly wise thing Mm. to commit to. I agree with you, actually, because it's not just about... I'm not saying he should have done it and that he should only do one time. But it's not about saying you'll do it and like an age thing but like you said it's really unselfish and like someone like trump wants to be president because he wants to be famous and he wants all the power but saying you'll only do one term so you can write the ship like you said is doing it for the right reasons yeah it's like service for your country and whatever is the best for the country is what I will commit to. Yeah. Whereas Trump, if he possibly could, and of course he jokes about this, and then says that he's only joking about it to rile the media up, which you have to be a fucking idiot to believe. But if Trump could get rid of the term limits, of course he would. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Him fucking. He has no respect for precedent yeah. or tradition. It could take months to yeah. count the ballots or whatever. Let's not even I'll get into that. I'll still be there that. in fucking summer. Because this this election really is going to be an absolute fucking shit show. If Trump loses, there's a hundred percent guaranteed chance that he will say that it was an illegitimate election. And they have to be removed. It was rigged. That you know we have to do a do over, or we have to exclude all these Biden votes for some reason. That means that I win ultimately. (laughs) It's like you really need to put on your fucking your helmet and your knee pads and your elbow pads because this shit's about to get. Real rocky and real just... I think I'm going to challenge you at some point to talk about British politics. Okay, you can if you want. I just, I do know British politics. I just don't follow it extremely closely like I do with the US stuff. Yeah. So I could talk about it to some degree. Just so people can, you know. Just so we can know what you think about things. Okay. Okay. Do you do you feel like you know enough to question me about it? Mm, yeah. Okay. Maybe. I rely. My friend Matthew is the person I rely on 
the most. To basically give me praises of what's going on at it any particular... It doesn't rely on me. No, I do rely on you sometimes. You tell me about stuff that you've read. But he is very, like, immersed yeah, he knows a lot. in the minutiae of British politics. I have to cut myself off after a bit. Sure. Just for your own sanity. Not, it's not to not mean anything if I sure. jump into much. The rain has gotten very heavy, and I really need to pee, and it's making it even worse. So what? I'm going to take this chance to go relieve myself in the little boy's Don't room. Don't talk about that. I might. Just get to the toilet. I shan't. I'll give you a bucket. Give me a she wee. <laughs> I come back having urinated and the rain has completely ceased. I'm not saying that I have the power to make it stop and start, but we may want to investigate my bladder for meteorological powers. I thought you were going to say something really weird like. The rain was your pee. I don't know. Sure. That's where I thought your brain was going. <laughs> That's not what you want. I uh, know I don't want that. Sure. It would be hot. Stinky. That's true. Probably I think there was an, some, you... an ancient people who thought rain was just like a mass of birds overhead urinating. Yes. Yes. That's possible. Because where did they think it came from? That's true. There's no way for them to think that, it, yeah, it was the clouds. They don't know about precipitation. They don't. They don't know about... Maybe they did. Cumulimbus or whatever it is. I don't this know This type what of that cloud, is. I don't know. <laughs> I am probably not is. saying it right. Are you just making stuff up? It's possible. Do you think you can just make words up? Hmm. I do. I really do. No. I'm a Shakespeare of myself. I make words up all the time. Sure. It's right. It's real, right? It's real if you it's make real it real. If it, if it makes sense... Then it's real. This is true. All words are made up, you know. That's also true. <laughs> so We're communicating right now in a language that only we know. That's not true. That's not true. But we communicate in a language, and there are people out there who communicate in different languages. Yes. That we don't know. What's your point? I don't know. You're bemoaning the Tower of Babel and the... Dispersal of the tongues. S- something like that. Yeah. Just go along with it. <laughs> Dispersal of the tongues. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Is it raining tongues? That would be upsetting. Tongues. Although you'd have a spare in case tongue. anything ever happens to yours. Tongue. Tongue. Sure. Thung. <laughs> Thung. <laughs> yeah. Okay, continue. Anyhow. Um, Squishy. What do you make of the Democrats kind of rattling their sabers and saying that they might pursue extreme measures if they, for example, win the presidency, the House and the Senate, which basically lets them do whatever the fuck they want. But they might pursue something extreme in revenge, like packing the Supreme Court, adding more justices. Now, of course, they would have to add four more justices Why? in order to swing it back into their favor. Because it's currently, it will be six free. <clears throat> so if they add four, to, four liberal justices, it would then be seven, six in their favor. If they add four, though, it's clear they're adding four <laughs> to make it more. Yeah. And if they add less than four, what's the point? Yeah. To even out more? Are there any Republican justices that, could swing on something. Yeah, things? there's definitely swing votes. Or well, then maybe they should just add two. 
Because <laughs> then go it's halfway. What, six five, and then if you get like a swing. Well, gun. recently the Chief Justice has been disappointing conservatives by voting against their interests, but it's a, it really is a recent phenomenon, and he's. I wouldn't put too much faith in his sudden, you know, yeah. alleged it might not stay liberal uh, convictions. And by liberal, we yeah. don't really mean liberal. We yeah, mean... we don't at all. We just mean like not not crazy far right. I, I mean, do you <laughs> think it would be? Do you think it's fair for them to do that to add more justices just as a kind of fuck you revenge measure? A lot of people think, well, the problem is, of course, you're starting a war of escalation. Yes. And then when the Republicans take back yes. power, they add three more. And then we get like 20 yeah. justices. Eventually, each Supreme Court proceeding will begin with a clown car driving yeah. up and just letting out a deluge of justices. Has there always been nine? I don't know if it, there's always been nine. I, f- I, I think so. Hmm. I don't know, because like you said, it's beginning the escalation. Um, and, and I think the Republicans are definitely a we've got to get them back yeah, sure. type mentality. So it's dangerous. I guess the idea is that being the Democrats, in your mind, you've got to think, well, once the presidency goes back to a democrat hopefully the idea is then to keep it <laughs> well of course you want to be in but, power forever if possible but but that's not how things go yeah i think it would be too obvious and perhaps silly to add four how many do they want to add four they don't they haven't said how many they want to add but they would have to add four see there's only nine adding yeah. four is like a 50 like almost 50 yeah. percent more people that kind of seems crazy. So I think if they were going to add any, they should just add like two. I think. The, but then it's like, if they're adding, why not go all in? <laughs> yeah, like that's a good point. Because when are they going to get the chance, if you know what I mean? The thing of it is, I think the optics of it would be so bad mm. that whatever perceived hard power gain that they would get as a result would probably be outweighed by the amount of voters who'd be even usual democrat voters who would be disgusted by it who do think that the the court of nine design is sacred and shouldn't be expanded yeah and i was gonna say and do you think it would start to then lose its like legitimacy i think so yeah i i don't think i mean it's hard in that i will tell you on the night when all when this all went down and it was just clear that what we all expected was going to happen was going to happen in that McConnell was going because McConnell's lifelong political, you know, mission has been to a stack the federal judiciary with conservative judges, which he, this is not often reported on, I think because it's so depressing, but under Trump, he has succeeded in that. He's added hundreds of federal judges with a conservative slant, which is, you. Re- it, again, it's really hard to overstate the importance and the effect of that. Is this to do with Obama leaving loads of hun- hundreds of seats free or something? It might be. But I think it's also just that the 
the Republicans under Trump were willing to just ram f- things through as quickly as possible. So he's already succeeded in that. No one can take that away from him now. It's a done deed. And his other goal has been to tilt the Supreme Court in the Conservatives' favour in a really severe way, which he's about to achieve now. So we knew, I knew, we all knew this was going to happen as soon as the opportunity for it arose. But just to see it unfold and to see the Republicans like unconcealed glee, mm. their kind of malicious joy that this this opportunity had arose for them. It was it was so maddening that I was I was going back and forth with Matthew about it, and I was saying like I just wish one of these times because the Democrats always talk a big game and say when we get back into power we're really going to stick it to the Republicans we're not going to fall for any of their ploys anymore or treat them as if they're acting in good faith or they're rational actors who just want to do what's best for the country we're really going to you know turn the tables on them and use their dirty tricks against them the Democrats always put on their war paint when they're out of power and say that and get their voter base riled up but then when they get into power, they always do the same thing, which is say, actually, we're going to be the bigger people here. We're going to respect the sacrosanct norms and traditions and the systems that you have to go through that slow everything down and make sure you can't do drastic change overnight. And we're basically just going to be like a normal establishment, boring political party that gets things done the right way. And the night that this all went down, when RBG died, there was a part of me that that was, I was saying to Matthew, I really wish that this one time that they would actually rub the Republicans' face in it when they get into power. Yeah. But I just know that they're not going to, because that's <clears throat> not who Biden is. Biden is I not know. an extremist. He is a dyed-in-the-wall, kind of old-school almost like a centrist, let's keep everything placid. He wants to get things back to the way yeah. things were when Obama was there. Let's calm the things, seas. Yeah, he wants things to be presidential again. Yes. He wants the presidency to mean something and for there to be, like, honour in yes, it Yes, exactly. Which get, is, like, good. Yes, but at I, the same is, time, Trump has swung it so far one way that we need a big swinger to, like... But, yeah. I, it, it was just a fleeting moment of anger, and I do now think that it's probably good that the Democrats won't stoop to some of these, these like Stygian depths. But you know, the satisfaction of giving Mitch McConnell the finger and adding five Supreme yeah. Court justices, there's just some. There'd be something so gratifying and just pleasurable about that. I also think like if they don't add any. Um, it's just a really horrible thing to think that well, now we have to wait for one of them to die. That's the morbid thing That's about it. That's yeah. the horrible, weird thing about it being a lifelong situation. It's not like such and such is kind of like nearing the end of like his term in terms of he perhaps might retire soon. That's different. Yeah. But this whole like he's like 89 and... <laughs> There's rumours that he's not sharp anymore and, you know, or the worst thing, which is, like, one of them has to get sick. Like, it's just horrible. Yeah, and we could have been in an even darker scenario right now because there were rumours, like, a year ago 
that Clarence Thomas was thinking of retiring during Trump's term to ensure that there would be a conservative replacement. And if that had happened, Trump would have got four picks in four years, which is just inconceivable. Like the, the luck involved in that and the good fortune is just, it's like winning the lottery politically. So at least that didn't happen. But yeah. But now again, like I said, everything is on the table now. The, the, GOP will really come out guns blazing and try to take down the big game. They're going out loaded for bore. Obamacare will almost certainly get dismantled. Obviously, there will be challenges to Roe versus Wade. I mean, they could attack, They could go after anything, school prayer. They could go after various other types of religious liberty arguments. Um, they could go after Second Amendment stuff. Yeah, it, it really like it really could be a seismic couple of years ahead of us. Yeah. The only thing that will slow them down is just the speed at which cases can be heard and decided. That's the only bottleneck now because they are basically guaranteed as long as they don't get too extreme, they're basically guaranteed to win every case that they bring. Because they can afford to lose one or two people. Yeah. God, that's depressing. Yeah. Well, that's what we're in for. We. Oui. Well, I think of myself as a, you know, <laughs> an interested onlooker, shall we say. I know. Strange. Let's talk about the debate. Okay. We watched it together. We did. It was excruciating. It it really was. It was, it the... was <laughs> like watching kids squabble. Yeah. And you, but you can't, like, step away from it yeah. or whatever. Because... About halfway through, I was like, why don't we just go look at the highlights or something? And then I realized I couldn't look away. Mm. I needed to know exactly, does it, Does the interruption ever end? Does the immediate, what's his name? The moderator was Chris Wallace, I want to say. Does he ever get the fucking stronghold yeah. on them? Does he have, ever make them fucking listen? And... I wanted to know, like, I wanted to see everything. I wanted to see every, um, just every gesture. I wanted to see it all, I realised. I was, like, excited sure. for it almost. But it was painful. Yeah. It was painful. And I also felt so, I started to feel kind of really, like, bad, like, really sorry for biden because he looked nervous at first i feel i i said to you it's like the whole world is counting on him (laughs) to swing enough people during these Mm. debates and i feel like you could tell he felt that he was a little bit nervous at first so then to have like a shitty moderator the questions weren't even that great, to be honest. Uh, you, he'd start saying a question. The, the, he'd start prefacing a question or whatever, and then the actual question came, and I'm like, "That we both said at points, that's what you asked based on what you just said. It was really strange. And then for the constant interruption, 
and only having two minutes or less than two minutes there were times when he didn't even get to finish what he was saying because the moderator just moved on because he didn't know what else to do and I started to like Biden was just very visibly flabbergasted and frazzled yes, by it yes. and I, I, I was starting to like feel really sorry for him sure like, yeah okay I get what you're saying. And Trump was a cunt in terms of like making fun of Biden and his family. That was really just low, fucking low blow shit, man. Yeah. That I thought was really just terrible. I mean, we knew he was going to go after Hunter Biden and the whole Ukraine scandal. But then to bring up the fact that the whole like being discharged and the cocaine addiction and stuff like that, it's like... That really is just stooping to a new low. And to don't dismiss his dead son. Yeah. I don't know Bo. I don't yeah. know who Bo is. And like, <sighs> that was harsh, man. To say, especially to say, I mean, this is... This is so dismissively. Yeah. This comes back to the whole thing that came out like a month ago about him insulting the war dead of America. Yeah. When this is a guy who got out of the Vietnam War for phony phantom bone spurs in his ankle just like a total pay a doctor to give you a fucking yeah. note to get out of it and then to you know to be so disrespectful and scornful to people who actually did sacrifice their lives that's him all over the debate it really was painful to watch man there was points where i was thinking you know we'd look at the we'd look at the little uh, what do you call it? Like the time bar on the YouTube video. It would only be halfway through it. And yeah. you're just thinking, God, another 45 minutes of this is going to fucking drive me insane. What I was very disappointed in Joe Biden, I have to say. I know you were. I understand your sympathetic reaction. And I do have that to a certain extent. It's hard not to feel bad for him when you're going up against essentially a schoolyard bully who is just there. Trump could never win any debate on the merits of his argument. No, he couldn't. The only thing he can do is steamroll you and yeah. interrupt you and insult you. That's tell all he you can do. Tell you it's wrong. Tell you it's yeah. fake. Tell you it's lies. Dodge it. Go on to other things. That's all he can do. He's trying to be so boisterous and garrulous and just, just constant, just a like a stream of verbal diarrhea whenever he speaks, where you almost can't even. You can't follow along with it. It seems like he's saying something forcefully, so there must be something there. But then when you actually slow it down and you hear what he's saying, it's all just filler and kind of insult comic jokes and stuff like that. I wonder if you put together like a video of just the kind of like, don't have any repetitions, only kind of put, take out all the times he says lies, fake and then actually just piece together anything real that he actually says. The substance. How short yeah. and, and, and of nothing It'd that be it a would vine. be. Yeah. A It'd vine. be a TikTok. It, no, Vine's very good. It's sure. only six seconds. How long's TikTok? you got a minute. 15. Oh. You, it's, it's either, it's got to be, no, yeah, usually things are in 15 seconds or 60 seconds, but you can do them any length between right. those things. But 15 seconds and a minute are usually the... Yeah, I, the reason I the reason why I was so disappointed in Biden is manifold. 
The first is that it, this is not his first rodeo. He's a lifelong politician. He's been in, in fractious debates before. Who, Biden? Yeah. yeah. He's been on the world stage. He's been at the, the, the absolute, the, almost the absolute pinnacle of national politics before. He should be able to handle the pressure and the stresses, in my opinion, much better than he did. The other thing is, him and his team were in such a great position for this debate in that they have all the footage of Trump's debates, both in the primary and against Hillary Clinton. So they know exactly what Trump's going to do. Trump's not going to radically shake up his debate game. He's going to do the exact same shit. He's going to pull out the same tricks and gambits. So they knew exactly what he was going to do. He definitely interrupted and railroaded Biden way more than he did Hillary, though. I wouldn't say way more. It wasn't like this with Hillary. He did interrupt, but it wasn't a constant bickering back and forth because she was obviously careful not to go there because as a woman, you have to be conscious of those things. Because you can lose points for anything when you're sure. a woman. But he probably also felt more constrained because of the optics of shouting down a woman. Yeah, possibly. Although I don't think he thinks about any of those things during the moment. Not in the moment. He's very impulsive. No. But yeah, Biden's team no doubt had many, many muck debates for him in their prep. They would have had people come in mm. and just give him like a fire hose of bile just to get him prepared for that situation. It is very different on the day, though. That's because true. Because you have this the nerve. You can't get nervous when it... Well, you can probably get a little bit nervous for a mock, but you're not going to get world stage nervous. No, you're not. And you're not going to get anyone who's exactly like Trump, no. even if you do watch the videos. There are a lot of Trump impersonators, to yeah. be fair. I didn't... I don't think, like... I don't think he was, like, underprepared or whatever it is that you're saying as much as you're saying it. I don't, I don't think you really took those slight things as, like, huge things because you think there shouldn't be any any gaps at all. <laughs> but I think under the circumstances, he did pretty well. Okay. You have the same opinion as Matthew. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him about this. His opinion was based... I can tell you were frustrated that neither of us were thinking the way you were. A little bit, yeah. I just felt like I was in a bizarro... Yeah, you were like, did you watch the same thing as I watched? I was in an alternate reality. Matthew's point was basically, it wasn't a good performance, (laughs) but it wasn't that bad, and I don't think it hurt him. But you're my proof. Right. You're my proof that the whole world is waiting for him to come out like a fucking rock star, saying all the perfect shit, Handling his interruptions perfectly, managing to say exactly the same, like exactly the perfect comebacks, like certain things. When he's set up for something, he hits the right thing. You are expecting him to be perfect, and you're the proof of what I said, and that the whole world is 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 um. What they have two thing? high expectations. They are putting all their hopes in him yeah, for swinging want, people they want him to be the messiah yeah and you clearly also want that it's not that i want that i think you're i think you're exaggerating a bit possibly a tiny bit but you <laughs> millimetrically on the night, you were very very mad i was at very him mad. not yeah 
doing what he should have been able to do. Well, let me just say this. We have different opinion, very different opinions on his performance. I think his performance was incredibly poor. And again, these there were you can as much as you want to say it's different on the day. It, it is different. The, the pressure is definitely heightened. It's a different feel. But at the same time, there were there are things that should have been instilled in him, like into his fucking neurons, like his the depths of his gray matter. They should have drilled in the muscle memory of don't let this guy interrupt you or throw you off. It doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter if he starts reciting Mein Kampf in perfect German. Just finish your answer and get your soundbite out there. That should have been absolutely... He should have had the discipline to do that. That's not... I don't think it's that he doesn't have the discipline. I think when someone is constantly at you, pecking at you, shouting at you, and the moderator's also there, trying to get things under control, failing to get things under control, wanting to move on, wanting to stay on topic, wanting to ask a new question... Constantly switching from one thing to another because he's not sticking to the, he's not good. That fucking moderator was shit. Um, we agree on that. He, of course, he was going to be thrown off. I don't think there's many people that were going to be completely what you wanted. I don't think we need to talk about the moderator. We'll talk about him well. in a minute. Yeah, I, I just think Biden's performance was was a lot worse than you do, and that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. I just think there was no point in this debate, and this is not hyperbole. I really, truly believe I mean, this. It is. <laughs> it's not. There was no point in this debate where he looked sharp. I don't think that's true. I really think that. What I do really... you mean by sharp? sharp Let's get is, your definition. Okay, my definition is he just seemed overwhelmed and befuddled and just not ready for this challenge or this spotlight not ready to rise to this occasion and be the person that we needed in this situation it seemed like he also and again this is just a a simple objective fact i'm not saying this to try and be mean in any way he just seemed very old both physically and in the way he was able to react to the high pressure situation and to be able to react quickly um it just seemed like you know, Trump is so good at, sp- at sp- and of course you can say this is not something that he should be good at, but it is a skill that he has and he uses it like a truncheon. He's so good at just speaking and finding his point as he's talking. He has all these filler sentences that surround what he's actually trying to say and lets him slowly develop it in this kind of cushion of bullshit. Whereas Biden is not like that. He is a lot more precise in what he's trying to mm. say. He's also trying to. You could con. You could see him consciously trying to remember the like yeah. statements that he was there to you say. You are right. I saw that too. You could tell he was trying to find the thing in his brain that he needed yeah. to find. And he's not. He's famously not good with facts and figures. Yeah. Whenever he needs to quote a statistic, he gets it wrong. But it's it sucks because you've got to you, you've got to realize that being good at debating doesn't mean you'll be a good president no you're right and trump isn't actually good at debating he's good at fucking the debate up yes you're right and making the other person look bad he's not actually good at debating however the morons who vote for him are going to be like yeah fucking one man like fucking not they sound like that because they're american (laughs) but you know they're going to be 
they're going to think that, yeah, he wiped the floor with Biden. Because sure. look at Biden, he can't even speak. Like, whatever, whatever. And it's like, fuck you. Like, he, yeah. I lost my train of thought. I, what you're saying is true. What was I saying? I think Trump dominated the debate, but he didn't in any way win oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's it. People aren't going to realise that just because Biden wasn't perfect, it doesn't mean he's going to be a bad president. They have to remember all the other stuff. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that the debates really are designed for swingers. Yes, this is and true. That, <laughs> That's that, not what they're called. But you know what I mean? Sure. For people on the fence who can go one sure. way or the other or who might just not vote at all or don't really know whether they... They know which way they lean, but they don't know if they're going to vote. Sure. So... And that first debate, I don't think did anyone really helped anyone, unless you're not a moron and you just didn't vote before because you're sick of the like lies and stuff, and you're sick of the system. And you watch the debate and you realize how fucking insane Trump is, and that he's a fucking dumbass. And it doesn't matter what Biden would have said because he always would have been smarter than Trump, even though yeah, he looked old. Yeah, he wasn't as sharp. Yeah, he got confused. He's still better than Trump. Like, so it's just about getting those people to realize that he could be a good president. Yes. You know, he could be a good president. But he has the, he was vice president. I feel like he's, you know. Yes, and everyone knows that and remembers that. The thing you've got to keep in mind is most people don't follow the uh, yeah. presidential campaigns and then they just watch the debates they just watch the, the debates and then the last couple of weeks uh, and so if this is your first glimpse of 2020 biden i think your takeaway is going to be he looked feeble he looked uh, overwhelmed he didn't come off as as impressive or competent in any way he just seemed like a guy that was there being you know beat up verbally that's not you know the the, the paradox is that Biden, ideally, Biden would not have done any, any of these debates. He's up in the polls by a significant amount. Obviously, take that with a grain of salt, given what happened in 2016 when poll, when pollsters were saying there was a 99% chance that Hillary Clinton was going to take it. But he's way up in the polls, and so it's his game to lose. And the only way that Trump can really come back is by having impressive debate performances. And not, um, again, impressive is qualified it really just means that he's able to steamroll someone. Mm. So in an ideal world, Biden would not have done any of these debates. But again, that's not possible because that's just mm. prophetically chicken shit. But knowing that Trump has to come in and play offense because he has to try and steal the game in these last few seconds. I just don't. It just boggles my mind that Biden was not able to even stop that kind of like desperate last ditch offensive rush from trump yeah. even if he had like turtled up and played defense it would have been better than what happened that night in my opinion which was that he tried to spar with trump and he tried to go back and forth with him and have a battle of wits and he ended up looking like you know he ended up looking like an old man that was out of his depth but people should also take away that if they can take that away from Biden, like is that that's their takeaway? They should also have the takeaway that Trump didn't say anything amazing. He didn't. He hasn't. Biden's writing that he has no plan for anything, 
And you should be able to see that. Sure. You should be able to see that he's not wise. You should be able to see that he doesn't care about the right things. If you can see all those things in Biden, you should be able to see all those things in Trump. Problem is, is that you might be brainwashed. You might be a lifelong Republican. You might be whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, it's just... The, the difference is that doesn't change anyone's opinion of Trump. Nothing Trump did that night has changed anyone's opinion of him. I think it might have. How so? In that they realised he doesn't have plans for things. He do, He's not steering the country right. Maybe you liked him to begin with because you were all about that whole fucking he says it like it is and he'll just say anything. We can trust him because he's not lying. He'll just tell us whatever, whatever. And then throughout the presidency, you even think maybe he did a few good things. But then this year, you've got to be able to see that he, he fucked some things up. And so... The hope is that you've gone into it thinking, he's kind of fucked things up this year. He's done and said a few more crazy things. Then you watch the debate and you're like, wait, this guy doesn't fucking know what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think you can, ha you, that could be the takeaway. I think you're being you're optimistic. Just so, you're just so disappointed in Biden that that's the main thing you can see. Yes. Well, but it's also just, I think, I, I wouldn't say I like Biden. I, I'm in between indifference and liking him in that I see that he seems like a decent man. It seems he definitely has so much experience with governing that I think he could do a good job as president as long as his, as long as these fears of cognitive decline aren't actually as severe as as some people are saying i just i really wish that he had rose to the occasion more it would have given me so much confidence so much more confidence and so much more certainty in saying like instead of just being anti-trump i could have been pro-biden whereas mm. i'm now still just anti-trump which means that biden will win However, it doesn't mean that I can enthuse enthusiastically back him because I just didn't see enough to give me that sense of confidence. If you're American, would you vote for Biden? You always you love asking me this question, don't you? Every single yeah. election, British or American, as we've talked about, no, I would not vote in any election. You wouldn't even vote at this point to get Trump out? No. Then what are you talking about? So I can't say anything. You have no rights. I can't comment. I don't think you have any rights in talking this in depth about it. <laughs> when you don't even, you don't even, you oh wouldn't even God. support the system currently. <laughs> Not support the system, that's wrong, because I don't support the system. But you can't ever hope to have any kind of change, you know? I hate that you actually mean this. But just don't. Well, it's, you know, it is the way it is. When things are this dire... Sometimes you just got to do what you don't want to do. I think there are principles that should transcend the whim of the current situation. I think you shouldn't stick to something called a principle just out of principle. That's that's an oxymoron. Like, I don't even know how to describe that. That's like nonsensical. No, it makes perfect sense. That's like something that, that would saying, be in Alice in Wonderland. You say that you should have principles, but you're sticking to principles based on principles. But that's the point. Okay, that's... but sometimes 
because of that, you can't see what's at stake. All you can see is the principle. Yes. That's but the prin- the principle is operates on a deeper level than the particular facts of a given situation. I get it. And the world operates on a larger level than you. Okay. <laughs> the thing about principles is they should be they should have an axiomatic quality where you can't help but have them be the 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 lowest level prime motivator of any given set of behaviors in that like if you have a principle that murder is wrong it should be so like built into you on like a foundational level that there's no you know there are, I, I mean this is a bad example in that killing killing in self-defense is is permissible although it's not really murder my point being that you shouldn't even be able your principles should be such that you can't talk yourself out of them because they're so obviously true and they're so morally important that there's no way for you to undo that with sophistry but you're saying there's no situation that could change your principle and i think that that's wrong because a principle that you have based on whatever at this moment in time when the world is vastly different 20 years later and you are vastly different 20 years later you're saying that this principle i th- i thought of 20 years ago i have to keep it now because my principles tell me i have to keep it okay i i kind of see what you're saying you're not adapting it's instead like, of adapting the principle yeah you're just sticking to what was the principle in a time that isn't anymore yeah okay i see what you're saying it's kind of like a brute fact where you kind of just have to accept it on its face because there's no way to drill any deeper and produce kind of a a sub-basement of evidence or reasoning for it however i would just say to you that my although my prince my principles let's just constrain them to the political arena although i do consider them to be unbreakable and in some sense objective they are also contingent on certain things in that i only don't and wouldn't vote in elections because i'm so strongly opposed even just in theory to representative government if we had direct democracy i would vote in every well there'd be referendums they wouldn't we would do away with electoral politics essentially so if the thing that motivates the principle was done away with, I would have a different set of principles. So taking that, can't you then just apply that to the fact that the system that we're in has gotten so bad because of the people that have taken it that you could adapt to try to help that change? Because you can't ever hope to go from what we're at now to how you would want it to be. You have to steer it in that direction. And the only way you're going to steer it in that direction is if you get better people in office. And the only way to get better people in office is to vote for them. And I know the idea is to like, well, no, because eventually if enough people don't vote, they might change the system. That's not where we're at. That's not even close to where we're at. So it's like... You're just opting out. 
Well, I don't... It seems strange that you would opt out. I'm not opting out. I have... Well, I don't think that for, that following my principles have has to have a practical effect for it to be valid. It's like when people say, what's the point of you boycotting these companies that have abhorrent practices and pasts? It's not going to, you know, just because you don't buy Coke doesn't mean Coke's going to go out of business tomorrow. But it's about following your own ethical convictions. I understand. And it doesn't matter whether that's going to change the world overnight. I understand. It's about you as well. It's about what you can live with and what you can fucking sleep easy at night with. But I guess you'd have to get to a point where you really believe it's it's like every vote counts at this point because things are so bad, every vote does need to count to swing okay. things. But, that, but I guess you are saying you won't get to that place. Well, that's not a place that could exist in that one vote will never swing an election. It's not just one vote, though, because if talking about this would change other people's principles to adapt to the system that we're in now with the people that we're in now it wouldn't just be one vote well okay but trump lost by fifty thousand votes okay well, and we don't have that reach of people not listening to our podcast no we don't have that reach but just like corona you only have to touch one person and then they touch like 50 of the, the people. butterfly effect is what yes. you're saying with aston kutcher no. They made a sequel to that, you know. I refuse. He wasn't in it, wisely. Probably. A lot of people are not in the sequels yeah. to their own movies. That's very true. Yeah. Some, remember when I, I found out there's like, and this is not, I don't love The Scorpion King, but I just thought it was funny that there's you been. You do a bit though. Talk about it all the time. <laughs> do I talk about <laughs> There have been like four sequels to The, the Scorpion King, which also, really makes me laugh. Didn't you tell me there's like. American Pie Presents, and there's like nine movies. Well, they're making a, a new one. And there's a new one coming out, and it's the first one in 11 years. I didn't even know this was a thing. Uh, but this one's feminist. I knew there was like... So it's okay. American... Oh, feminist because there's three women in it. And they want to fuck. That doesn't make it feminist. They want to fuck hard. <laughs> Do they want to fuck hard? That's what I heard. Jesus Christ. From my sources at Deadline. All right. Anyhow. I just let me say this as well. I don't buy into this notion that a Trump election is like a doomsday proposition because that's what a lot of people. That's the way they kind of like break it down and try to to put you to like narrow it to the point where it's like do or die. Where it's if you if you if we don't vote Trump out, like everything is fucked. Like the country is doomed. We're all gonna be you know in the breadline. There's gonna be nuclear war with. North Korea, etc., etc. He's going to declare himself king or emperor, and we're never going to get rid of him and his fucking idiot sons. I don't. I. A lot of people try to say, even if you have a problem with the system because it's so dire, you have to vote this one time, and I. I just don't buy into that. But don't you think that like it's not just about that? It's not about him claiming to be king and fucking like World War Three and all this bullshit. It's about the collective psyche. It's about how since 2016 or whatever, or 2017, people have been fucking depressed, man. Like, the just the fact that he won <clears throat> and the, the, the small things that he's done and large things across these years has, like, chipped away at people's, like, 
fucking mental health. People are depressed because of this. And also the things that, like, he incites. It's not just about, like, oh, he's going to, like, damage the relationship between fucking Korea or whatever, or Russia. It's about, like, the white supremacists and, like, all these weird fucking groups popping up and the way he deals with, like, the protests and the riots and... It's those things, and it's four more years of those things. And then what if his son runs? It's, like, endless. Yeah. So it's not just about what you said. <laughs> and also, okay. it's not just about America. That's true. Because look at how much we have been affected yeah. by this election, and we don't even live there. We don't even have family there. My brother doesn't live there anymore, and we are still deeply affected by it. We look at American news every single day, more so than we look at our own news. So it's like, it affects every person. Of course. So, fuck what you said. (laughs) Well, the thing is, we're talking past each other in a way, in that you're basically saying, it's like you're saying to me, well, you should want Trump out. Well, I want Trump out with every fibre of my being. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to break my principles and support a system that I cannot support. Okay, we're going to run in circles I because I can't. I think I've given you yeah. really good okay. reasons. But don't be mad at me for adapt- it. I'm that's not all. Mad. I, that's all I ask. I'm not mad at you. I love you and I support you. <laughs> and I know this about you. We've okay. been together nearly ten years, and you have not voted I th- ever. I think it's over ten years. <clears throat> it's not. We met in 2011. It's 2020. It's 2021 now. No, it's not. We're going to see Dune. <laughs> um. I support you. I know this about you. I've not always known this about you. It's This is not a fucking deal breaker for me. Sure. <laughs> I, I support your principles know. even. Okay. Like, I, I love that you have strong convictions. Sometimes I just have to really question you to wrap my head around things. Okay. And it's funny because we're talking about something you can't even vote in. No. Even if you were going to. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. One last thing about the debates before we move on. Okay. As you will recall, there were moments when I was yelling at the TV. Like, yeah. actually, and I, I'm not the type to get You're that animated. The I get mad, you but do. you don't really get mad. I, but I was, I was, you know, sitting up in my seat exclaiming and just so... I don't, mad is not the right word in that. I, I, I was angry in you a sense. You were outraged. But, yeah, I was, I, I was indignant and just surprised to the level of like anguish that biden was just this is you what i'm were talking literally about really holding your head <laughs> like in kind of like uh, like a cartoon character yeah this is what i'm talking about biden's political debating instincts are either so bad or so corroded slash dulled by age that he just is not able to he's not able to punch back like he's he's like someone in a boxing match with their hands tied behind their back because Trump was giving these unbelievably perfect setups, like these glaring opportunities for Biden to hit him hard on something. Like the one that sticks in my mind is they're talking about the coronavirus and how Trump has completely botched it and caused so many deaths by his incompetence and sluggishness and tardiness with the response. And at one point, Trump breaks in and basically says, I brought back football. 
I brought back Big Ten football. Oh, yeah. And I could not fucking believe that Biden did not see what a absolute gem of a line that was to attack him over. To see with 200,000 people dead mm. for the, the sitting president to say, I brought back football on yeah. your television. For you to not see, like... That what is, would have been a response to, that you think he should have said to that? I mean, literally just saying you're talking about football when two hundred thousand yeah. Americans are dead. Yeah, that would have been a pull quote. That could have been on. That could have been snippeted out and put in every Biden ad from now until November third. Yeah, but Biden was just not able to be like. Like I said, he was so focused. He wasn't quick. Yeah. He's not well. Yeah, he's he's not quick witted at the best of times. But in this situation, he was so focused on reciting the lines that his handlers had tried yeah. to instill in his mind, just regurgitating this copy about what he was going to do and, you know, how he was better than Trump, that he wasn't able to react in real time to the opportunities that Trump was handing him, you know, left, right, and center. And that's what really just, that more than anything made me worried. It made me worried that Biden is just not, like, He's just not the man that he used to be. Because yeah. I think a younger man, even if you were tr were lost in your own thoughts, having hearing someone say that would yeah. jolt you. And you'd be like, okay, now I can swing a fucking right hook on his jaw and it's done. Because you just said that you brought back professional sports while people are dead. And like people are on ventilators. Graveyards are bit like they're having he to create supplemental graveyards. He didn't say it at that moment, but he did say things like people have had to like say goodbye to their loved ones over like holding up a phone and saying goodbye. He did say stuff like that, like sure, but yeah, he didn't say it in that moment. And just a word about Chris Wallace. Just one. A, he doesn't deserve any. A wacky inflatable arm man would have done a better job than him. I'm not kidding. He was probably the worst presidential debate mm. moderator I've seen in my lifetime. Let's not go too deep into this, yeah. but I just want us to say it. Who did we say that would probably do good at getting them under control? Don't try and rope me into this <laughs> proclamation. What we were talking about was that Megyn Kelly put up a good showing when she moderated the debate. Yeah. And she, I mean, unquestionably, she would have done better than Wallace. But do I do I want Megyn Kelly back in a no, national spotlight? Not really. No, but at the same time, I think we've come to see now that it's very important with Trump that you have someone who's going to be able to shut him up. Yeah. And I think her, I mean, maybe a woman would do better in that that thing would apply where he doesn't want to be seen being shitty towards a woman when his reputation is already so awful. Um, I don't know if that's actually true, but... Also, just the 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 presence she has yeah. when she's like, no, you know, I can just you want someone like that, and I can't think at the moment of many other people who sure. would. And then I think, what if it was someone famous? Because Trump is so, I mean, famous in the celebrity yeah. sense. Because Trump is so enamored with celebrity, and he want he wanted to be a celebrity, and he wants to be a celebrity. And he clearly does kind of like watch all that stuff that I partly wonder if it was like a celebrity he perhaps likes that could, that he would might, he might kind of respect a bit more. Yeah. Um, 
But then we're getting into silly territory because the the moderator has to know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't think we should talk about this. The sure. Moderator I just want to much. say that it was not even just that he wasn't able to control Trump, which but that is true. He didn't have the balls or the backbone to really force Trump to shut up, which yeah. a lot of, a lot of other people could have done, at least passably well. But it was just. It was. It was the way in which he was pretending this utter shit show wasn't an utter shit show. That His really, laughs really got to me. Yeah, the 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 nervous laughter and the yeah. passive aggressive quips made me want to push my yeah. fingertips through my eyeballs and yeah. into my brain so that I could just fucking scramble it. Yeah. It's like you can do that, but you can't just kind of yell no and slam your fists yeah. on the fucking table because that's what we need. I know they talked sure. about controlling mics if they break the rules, but of course it's going to be they didn't break it, they just bent it or such and such did it and we didn't mute their mic. So then when such and such did it, we couldn't mute their mic. Yeah. It'll just give me another shit show. Um, but she was like. Who's she? Um, what's her face why is her name Megan Kelly Pop- Megan Kelly sorry I keep wanting to say Kellyanne Conway or whatever her name is but <laughs> she would not be a good moderator it's similar this is the Kelly part of the name I think Biden would be upset about that choice she was like I'd have control of the mics and I'd have control of the camera and if if I cut the mic and he was still doing stuff I'd put the camera on me and I'd tell him camera's not on you so it doesn't matter what you do and I liked that even though I'm not I'm not like, you know, a fan of hers or a supporter of hers in any way. I just kind of like that kind of attitude that she'd have about it. Yeah. I just really want to see someone. Let's not have some fucking interchangeable dude come on who's exactly like the other guy who isn't going to make any difference at all. I'm sure they already had planned out who it was going to be, but I hope they've changed course <laughs> now to pick someone better. Sure. So, yeah. Can't change right. horse in the middle of the race, as they say. All right. I do think they should be able to cut the mics, i got to say. Yeah, me too. I think because the, the whole crux of the debate format is... You, you want to be able to do it. You have yeah. these two, like each person at, at the arise of each question, you each have like a two-minute section of protected monologue mm. where you're supposed to be able to just give your whole spiel, like the solo spotlight on you. And then after you've both done that, then there's this period of kind of back and forth mm. where it's more like a free form, like free flowing dialogue. And if Trump is going to like Trump is monopolizing Biden's protected yeah. solo time. And I, in that case, I think there's no way you could argue that he shouldn't have his mic cut. Yeah. He shouldn't speak at all during those two minutes. Yeah. And so. He should have his mic. They shouldn't even cut his mic if he does it. They should cut his mic as soon as Biden's time starts. Right. And they should cut Biden's mic. I mean, he's probably not going to do it anyway, but they should cut the mics when it's not their turn to speak. Sure. And then turn them back on when... Yeah, all right. I I wonder if they're actually going to have the backbone to go through with this, though. Because Trump and his campaign are saying that they are not down. Because they both have to agree. I don't know if they do have to agree now that it's already begun. I, I, you know, because the presidential debate commission is a weird entity. It's like a private company. They have a lot of power. They can. Use How do they have power, and why does the president not have power over it? That's a long, a long. <laughs> yeah, story. let's not get into that. But they, 
they are the types who would try to pull something like this to just unilaterally force a change midway through an yeah. election cycle. But we'll see if they actually do it. Because, in a sense, Trump's hands are tied in that he needs to be at these debates. He can't boycott them. He can't say, if you do this, I won't turn up. He needs yeah. the debates to try and swing the polls back his way and to try and win some undecideds. So, in a sense, they do have him over a barrel. Um, but we'll see. Okay, before we move on to questions, the other, the one last thing that maybe we should mention is Trump caught the Rona. Yeah. Poetic justice? I don't like to say it like... <sighs> no, yeah. yeah. No one likes to celebrate someone getting ill. Get However, we can't not mention it. Yeah, he it got is Corona. He was clearly worse than he was making out. He's somehow saying he's all right now, but I don't believe it. Don't be my corona. Oh. Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't believe any of it. Some people don't believe he even had it. They thought it was like a distraction from like the shitty debates and stuff. And I'm like, no, he doesn't care about that. He doesn't care how he looked. He was just concentrating on making Biden look bad. He didn't care that he looked bad because he thinks he made Biden look worse, which is true, I guess, in some people's eyes. Allah, you. <laughs> and um, I think he did get it because he, I'm not surprised he got it because he clearly didn't think it was a big deal. He clearly wasn't taking precautions. People have said he's a germaphobe, so he probably was good on terms of hygiene. But he However, doesn't wear masks. He doesn't wear masks. All the hand-washing in the world isn't going to protect you from someone spitting on you. No. So It's a respiratory illness. Exactly. You can't wash your lungs. No, you can't. So, uh, so, <laughs> so I'm not surprised he got it. Um, that's it. That's all I'm going to okay. say about it. I have a little bit more to say about I know of every single fucking person around him got fucking... Yeah, that... Like seven assistants or something. The list got, of people around yeah. him. Apparently there's one Rose Garden event. Yes, that's where they tracked it yeah, to, right? So many Republicans got it. Now his press secretary just announced that she got it. Yeah. Um, the Pences didn't get it. Yeah, they've tested negative so yeah. far. So has Biden. Oh, didn't you say that they're going to have pe- plexiglass at the debates? Well, yeah, I heard that... In, I know at least in the the VP debate between Kamala Harris and Pence, they are going to have a plexiglass separator. Mm. I would assume they're going to have one in the presidential debate. Because the real like nightmare scenario is if Trump got Biden ill. Yeah. Because, you know, I, it's amazing that Trump has managed to, or seemingly managed. I think he is, I mean, the most, just to, tell you where we are in the timeline the most recent event is that today he discharged himself from the hospital and he he returned to the white house and gave like a whole speech and waved at people without wearing a mask so that's where we are right now so i don't believe that he's not sick anymore yeah i don't believe because i don't believe he got it when they said he got it i think he got it earlier than that and I also think he's still sick because what we're we saying, he got it and was cured of it within a week. Yeah, less than a week. I don't think so. Sure. There are people, and not, not everyone's the same, but there are people who continue to test positive for months. Yes. Months. And I know some people get it and they don't really have symptoms or they're fine and then they, you know, I just don't believe it. And I also think he got sicker. They're saying, there was that thing where they're saying it, it was like day three or day two or something. 
making it so that he actually was diagnosed and then he went to that event on the Thursday or whatever. Yeah. Because of course he did. Because he was probably like, yeah, I tested positive, but I feel fine. So I don't know. Sure. Yeah, I don't. I think he's definitely not as recuperated yeah. as he claims. But he is, He's. I mean, he's, you know, he's able to walk unsupported yeah. and he's able to make public appearances. So he must be like a certain mm-hmm. level of, you know, passably okay, at least for a short period of time. He was stumbling, people pointed out, in his in his walk. But he could be on oxygen all the rest of the time. Yeah, sure. I was watching, I stumbled upon a TikTok of a guy. I haven't actually seen much of this, to be honest. Maybe because I haven't been searching it. It just came up on the For You page. A guy had like an oxygen mask on. He was in hospital and he was like, please take it seriously, blah, blah, blah. And so I went to his page to see other... I was just in the mood... You know, sometimes you find yourself, I can't take any more news. I was in the mood to kind of like really know some things, if you know what I mean. Know what it was really like. And he basically... I think he's like a big TikToker. Not huge, but like, you know what I mean? Like he TikToks all the time. So he turned it into... Every single video was about him and his corona diagnosis. And he was in the hospital for a long time because he needed constant oxygen. But he could take it off right. every now and then and be, like, not fine, but he he was fine to, like, take cool. it off sometimes. He had to take it off to eat and things. And um, so what if it's like that? Whereas, like, you've still got it and you're essentially, you're not, like, on death's door but you have to have oxygen. It might be yeah. that his oxygen levels aren't up or whatever. Who knows? Okay. But we don't know because he's going to do these small little things to make it seem like he's all right, but we don't actually know that. Yeah. The whole confusion for that day or two where his personal doctor came out and we now realize just lied yeah. to people, said he wasn't on supplemental oxygen mm. when he was. Just basically, and then the next day he came out and was like, yeah, I was misleading. Mm. I was trying to paint a more rosy picture because that's... He had to at that point because otherwise what you're going to say, the president lied. Yeah. He had to like take one for the And the crazy thing was the day, that that first day when Trump's physician came out and said all that, it's now known that Mark Meadows, who's Trump's chief of staff, gave an anonymous statement to the uh, White House pool reporters where he was, he basically completely contradicted it and said, things are, you know, they're pretty bad. We're not out of the woods yet. Um, mm. We're going to have to wait and see. So it's crazy, like, yeah. the weird kind of internal strife and fighting and, like, backbiting, jockeying for position yeah. that happens. Because some people obviously want to tell the truth and then some people are being told to, like, Sure. Make it sound better. Also, there was the stuff about like the medication and stuff. If he's fine, why is he getting this severe medication sure. kind of thing? Um, so yeah, he's back. He's now back in the White House. I saw a tweet from him today where he's quoting a New York Post editorial, which describes him <laughs> returning to the campaign trail. I knew you were going to say this as a quote invincible hero. Which is just what an insane. First of all, I mean, you how know, is he a hero? New York Post writers have no, um, yeah. yeah, they are what they are. They're garbage. But for him to to retweet that, like seriously, like straight faced, is just 
the delusions of grandeur are off off the fucking charts and the fact that he's gonna now come back and be like well he's already said in several tweets he's like don't i got through this don't be scared of covid don't let it dominate your life it's not that big of a deal again when two hundred thousand people are dead they don't have access to your multi-million dollar medical facility and treatment yeah because i know he went to like whatever hospital but you know he had the best doctor. Yeah, of course. And you know that he didn't have to wait, whereas like everyone else yeah. has to wait. He had a team of like the best doctors in the world, slavishly attending to his every need, giving him the best treatment imaginable. Obviously, no price. You know, price is not an object when it comes to medication. Mm-hmm. They give him anything. They even gave him stuff that's not FDA FDA approved. So he got like the real fucking Rolls Royce mm. of medical treatment. And he's telling people who are like, you know, poor and don't have health insurance, don't worry about COVID. What he said about um, not being scared of it or whatever reminds me of what Boris Johnson just said, like yesterday or whatever, um, about act fearlessly, but with common sense. <laughs> sure. And I'm just like, fuck you. Don't be scared. Like, what is that? No, I get, I kind of, I obviously know what he's trying to like get at, but no, in a sense, people need to be more scared so they stick to the rules. <laughs> Fucking hell. I, it's not that you need to be scared, you just need to. You know to, what I mean? You need to respect a danger. Yes, yes. You can't take it lightly or there's, think that you're invulnerable. There's like a fear that takes over your life that causes anxiety that's irrational, and then there's a real fear because something is real. And you need to be doing A, B, C in order to survive it. And if you're not, then, you know. The other mini controversy that happened just a day or two ago is he did a drive-by outside the hospital. He got in a a bulletproof SUV, as one does, and basically just waved at all his supporters that were outside, which meant that he was in a small, hermetically sealed box with the two secret service agents that were driving him around while he was highly yeah. highly contagious which i think is pretty fucking contemptible as well yeah. <coughs> so yeah how do you feel about the world now that we just talked about that i want to go to sleep how do we get you on the supreme court <laughs> can we add one more seat for you yeah can you imagine i, I don't think there's any I'm pretty sure there's no like nationality requirements like there is for the like no. for, to be president you have to be born in the US but I don't think anything applies. You just have to be a citizen. Yeah. You know the thing is even if they don't pack the court apparently there are rumors that the Democrats I think this is kind of like an outside chance I really highly doubt this would happen but there was apparently some scuttlebutt about potentially impeaching Kavanaugh if they won the Senate. Uh, I don't think they would ever do that in a million years. Also, they would need two thirds of the Senate. So even if they won, it's not they they can't just like guarantee themselves victory. Mm. And the last time a Supreme Court justice was impeached was two hundred years ago. It was the only time, and it was unsuccessful at the beginning of time. Yeah, for America. so <laughs> it'd be a ballsy fucking move for them to do that. So I highly doubt they would. But if they did. There'd be a slot opened up for you. Yeah, get me on there. Justice Jones. Just me. You sound like a a superhero. Justice Jones, ready for duty. Protecting abortion rights. I would. Protecting cat rights. (gasps) 
kitty cat rights? Cats have the right to the pursuit of happiness. Sure. Constitutional amendment. <laughs> okay. So we were planning to do the same thing as last episode. Yeah, which was... I scoured the r slash Emma the asshole subreddit for more material. material. However, we are now... At three hours. Yeah, so we're gonna push it. So we're gonna do, we're gonna do a bit now, and then the next episode is gonna be more. Yeah, we had a lot to get through this episode. Yeah. So the next episode will be A I T A. Yeah, that's right. A I T A. Yeah. yeah. It will Freshman. be a dedicated episode. <clears throat> so I'm just gonna pick some silly ones to adjudicating just, uh... people's misdeeds. <laughs> we're like Judge Judy. No, no, because we're not judging them. We are. But... We are. Don't even lie <clears throat> to the people. It's not really so we can say you are the asshole. It's 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 a little bit that, and then it's also to just talk about what it like to just you know. Liar. No. Liar. So I'm just gonna pick some sort of like not silly, but not. Not ones where we'll talk for 40 minutes. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Am I the asshole for telling my boyfriend to go fuck himself for telling me to drink my coffee in a particular way under his roof? Quote, quote. <laughs> okay. okay. And this is what it says. You're not her dad, dude. Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Okay, this is what it says. I take a long time to drink my coffee and as a result sometimes get it gets cold before I finish it. I don't mind cold coffee so I drink it anyway. My boyfriend thinks this is disgusting. He doesn't like coffee. He told me that he doesn't want me to drink my coffee that way because it disgusts him. I told him that it's me who's drinking it, why should he care? He insisted that it is disgusting and if, quote, I don't want you to drink a cup of coffee around the house, then you don't. Wow. And the good old, my house, my rules. He compared it to him not wanting guests to smoke in his house or taking off his sh- shoes at the door. However, I told him that those examples are not comparable because secondhand smoke is still harmful and wearing dirty shoes in the house makes the floor dirty for everyone else's feet. How I drink a cup of coffee does neither. I lost my call and told him to go fuck himself for being controlling. Am I the asshole? So... That's pretty red flag situation happening. Yeah. I. Why doesn't she just make iced coffee is my question. It, she's not that she wants cold coffee. It's that she makes herself coffee and then takes a long time to drink it. So by the time she finishes it, it's cold. Okay. So I think he's trying to say that it's like drinking it like that's disgusting and the smell is bad or something. All right. Is what I think he's trying to say. I don't think it's any more aromatic when it cools down no it's not it loses its smell maybe when he's it cools down. it's psychosomatic it's not about the coffee no, it's not it's you... not it's him yeah this was really kind of like a moment where he was able to reveal his yeah. inner demons yeah and like his inner kind of controllingness he thinks it's disgusting and therefore has decided to just be like yeah. you can't do it and there's no leeway it's it he definitely is the asshole in the situation, don't get me wrong. I get I understand being really grossed like grossed out, for example, I hate when people chew gum. Yeah. It really is one of those things where it makes my bones hurt. I hate it so much. And if you wanted to do it, I you know, I need to be listening to something. 
But I also accept that you are your own person and you can do whatever you want. This is our, this is our home. It's not yeah. my home. We share it. So I accept that you are going to do things that I don't love and that mm. we need to accommodate each other. I can put headphones on. I can be playing a game or watching something. So I'm not even aware of what you're doing. And we can find a middle ground compromise. Yeah. Whereas to be, to literally be so kind of arrogant and like authoritative of like, no, what I say goes like, this is my, my dictate and you will follow it because this is my house. You're in my house. Mm. Yeah. That's a, that's a really bad look. He's clearly just like letting his controlling side yeah. come out kind of thing. That whole, like put, I'm putting my foot down. You can't do it. And also to say my house, my rules, like she doesn't say, does she say that they live together? I guess it's implied. Well, they're in their forties as well. I don't really? Know no, no, no. Oh my god! <laughs> my bad. I just skipped to a different. I one. was picturing like two <clears throat> no, early twenty-somethings. No, no. She doesn't say their age, um, but she doesn't say anything about whether they live together. Okay, you'd assume so. Uh, yeah, but even still. But then him saying my house implies. But it might be that. It was his house before, or maybe he pays more of the bills, yeah. or whatever it is. Or maybe some people, when they don't even, it's not their house, they say that thing. Yeah. They say that. Um, so, <laughs> It's a pretty crazy thing to say if you're sharing the rent. Yeah. Like, to say that, that's so, it's, it's one thing to be like, oh, you're being controlling and weird about this thing that I do. I'm seeing a side of you that I don't like, and it's wrong, like, it is wrong. But also then to like say something like my house, my rules shows that person that you're not like, you don't see them as like an equal sort of like part of the home, if you know what I mean. You're the kind of, you're the landlord or whatever and (laughs) she's the fucking, you know. My name's on the deed. Yeah. This house has been in my family for nine generations. Yeah. That was one of those ones where it's like clearly he's the asshole. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a controversial one where half the people are split. It was more just like this is outrageous, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Well, also it's weird in that to be that domineering and to be that kind of like to just be so abrasive and confrontational over it, given the fact that it's got such an easy fix. First of all, she can drink her coffee in a sealed, like she could drink it in, you know, like a sealed cup. So Mm. you can't even look at the coffee and tell whether it's hot or not. And that way he won't even be aware. I mean, maybe he could mentally note when she made it and after an hour he knows it's cold, whatever. But my point is, there's such an easy workaround for this. If he was just willing to budge a little bit and, and be willing to forge a compromise. But the fact that he's not, that he's he's so inflexible and rigid and just trying to force her to like obey his will mm. it, that's a terrible sign moving forward what about when something really serious comes up and you have to be able to reach a middle ground mm. you now know that he's not that he he's not you know he doesn't care about you enough to do that yeah. which is weird that feeling of like no you can't it's so you're not my dad. Like you don't no, get no. to make. There's always going to be decisions in within a couple where one person, like depending on what it is, one person might be like, 
no, I'm the one like who ultimately gets to decide based on whatever. I can't think of an example right now, sure. but like, um, what I say goes kind of thing, but in like a respect, like in a, the most respectful way possible, yeah. not in a like, I put my fucking foot down, you bitch, and I, I don't care what you have to think about it. Um, I put it down in your throat. But just that idea that he's just going to be like, no, like, you're fucking disgusting. Like, Jesus. can you just imagine? I know. It's so gross. And of all things, drinking cold coffee. I know. It's not like she's doing, I don't know what she could be doing, but she's it's not, not like she's smearing poo on the walls, you know? You had to go there. I had to you? go there. She's not a chimpanzee, Samantha. <laughs> okay, let's move on to another one. Okay. You know what I would kind of love? I would love follow-ups on these threads. Like Sometimes they do, yeah, you get updates. I want to know a year yeah. from now, like, are you even still together? Yeah, you do. Because I get, doubt it. You get updates um, every now and then. It'll be like, here's my original post, and then they'll say, like, yeah. well, so we broke up, or whatever. I would. Occasionally yeah. you get the, like, we talked about it, and it turned out to be about something else, and, like, no whatever, whatever. Well, th- this, is, this is definitely a prime candidate for that, like... This is yeah. a way, if you were frustrated at your partner, it can <clears throat> come out in these little ways. Yeah. You know, it's like seeping out of the cracks because you're trying to hold it in. Okay. Contents under pressure, if you get if you get me. So this thread is about a 25-year-old woman and a 24-year-old man. My girlfriend repeatedly insists that I redo my proposal over and over. I'm running out of patience. I proposed to my girlfriend in late 2019, after two years together. Admittedly, now that I think back on it, it wasn't the most well-thought-out or planned proposal. It was mostly spontaneous and came as we were lying in bed together, so I didn't even have a ring at the time. At the time, my girlfriend said that she would love to marry me, but she'd been looking forward to a more elaborate proposal. I assured her that I'd sort something out. A month later, after shopping for the perfect ring, I set up some candles when she was coming home one day, think Chandler Monica proposal in Friends, Ah, and asked her again. Very nice. Well, my girlfriend loved the ring, thankfully, and teared up with happiness. She said that she really appreciated my effort, but what she meant by elaborate was something original that she could tell our kids about one day. (laughs) She mentioned the name of one of her friends whose boyfriend... Proposed by making a huge video montage of their time together and putting it on a projector. I decided to start over and in February I planned a three night trip away in our favourite city. This time, this time I spared no expense and ordered all the extras. A five star hotel, a photographer, even an opera quartet. When I asked her to marry me, my girlfriend said yes and I thought all was well. Except when we were alone again, she gently told me that she didn't think now was the right time. And she was so worried about her future slash COVID that a proposal now wouldn't be a good memory for her. Oh, my God. Since then, I've carried the ring around with me almost everywhere. At this point, I've even tried to involve my girlfriend in some of the proposal planning, asking where, when, how she'd like us to get engaged and what would make her happy. However, she has told me all she has told me is that she doesn't know exactly what she's looking for, and I'll know when the right proposal comes. From my perspective, this is hugely frustrating since in all of the respects she's assured me she wants us to begin our lives together. Last week I thought I'd bite the bullet again and after cooking her a homemade meal, I asked her if she'd like to be my wife. She asked me if I was trying to propose and I asked her what was wrong with that. 
Once more, she told me that she can't wait to marry me, but it still wasn't quite the proposal she needed. Honestly, at this point, I'm frustrated. I realise that my girlfriend might come off as pushy or high maintenance, but I love her very much, and in day-to-day life, she's honestly the most understanding, chill person to be to be around. Okay, I think we get it. Okay. Yeah, that's... um. So he's proposed four times now. He's a patient dude. He must really love her to put up with that, because that's crazy. <laughs> that's... um. <laughs> That's like batshit cuckoo. I something is going on again. This is you know mm. the answer to all these questions is it's something besides the yes, obvious thing. Yes, something's going on where she's not sure. My guess is this is just based on like you know a five paragraph description of their lives together and this whole you know debacle. My sense is that she has some hang up about them moving forward. Um. Which is why she wants like the you know the perfect uh, fairy book proposal because that w- that would be so sublime and so amazing and so mind blowing that it would just you know erase any doubts that she has and would push her forward over the line without her having to make the leap herself. That's what I see. I see her as unsure maybe just on an unconscious level and uneasy and anxious and reluctant. And she's hoping that he can do something so magically perfect that it will just obliterate her hesitancy. Mm. And that is such an unrealistic expectation and so much pressure to put on him, especially when you're not telling him you to basically be like, no, it has to be absolutely perfect. I need you to do exactly what I have in my mind but then only give him kind of a vague description. You're just setting him up for failure. Yeah. And like, does this guy have endless money to keep putting on attempts at a proposal? Can and, you imagine you know, even after like the first, like you imagine even saying that, like that whole like, but can you like propose in a different way? Cause like <laughs> it's, you know, it's not about the proposal. Yeah. Just like it shouldn't be about the wedding. It's about like, well, it can be about the wedding, but you know what I mean? It's about the the fact that this person wants to ask you to marry them. Um, I think doing it in bed like that is actually really nice. Sure. Because it's like he was clearly feeling really loved up in that moment and he was so intoxicated with the idea of being with you forever that he asked you spontaneously. Sure. But I do, I do understand the allure of like an elaborate thing. But then when thinking about an elaborate thing, like, what do you want? Like, I've always thought that proposals where there's other people is really like a no-no. Right. That's weird. Like, you just mean a crowd of people around or he gets other people in on it? Both. I don't... No, no, a crowd of people. Because like, if you're like, I don't know, somewhere special, like on top of the Eiffel Tower or something. Yeah. But like... When you do it in public with an audience, like you throw a surprise engagement party or something, then you ask her in front of a whole family and stuff. That's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Especially since so m- many times that happens, they, they're they not on the same page and the other person says no. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's like really weird. That's like a glass shattering moment. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin comes down. <laughs> Wait, what? Bye, God, JR. 
That's Stone Cold music. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. I don't really understand. Yeah, I think that's a pretty straightforward one. However, it's not so straightforward in terms of what do you advise him to do. Because this, I, I'm pretty sure there's something going on under the surface that she's not willing to cop to. Yeah, I think so too. And that she might not even be consciously aware of. So I, I think he, I don't think he can reasonably put up with this after having done four. Like you kind of, she's pushed you over the edge. Yeah. And at this point, you kind of need to confront her about it. I mean, confront's a strong word. You need to basically sit her down and say, we need to like figure this out. I'm... We have passed the point of of reasonableness. He says he like tried to talk to her and ask her like what she wanted or whatever. But at that point that's like I've gotta tell you yeah. how to propose to me. It, yeah. It's I was trying to find the thread because like, this is a screenshot that I'd saved. Because I feel like in my memory he did do an update or a comment later on stating that eventually she did say something like she wasn't ready and i'm like right. why would you i can't find the thread so i wonder if you deleted it that means i was right but yeah so i'm like why would you make him spending money as well like there's one thing to do effort and like emotional labor but to spend make the person spend money as well and you basically rejected him like four times i know you said yes but you didn't really no it was like a provisional yes. yeah yeah it's also like I I mean, I think there's this weird kind of. I think we've got to get past this this antiquated norm of the proposal and the wedding are for the bride. Like it's mm. something that you give to her. It's like a one sided yeah. gift, and it has to only about it's only about what she wants and what will satisfy her That's fantasy true. of this. Because, you know, I think that's just. You're setting yourself up for, you know, no one wants to feel like they're they're not important in a situation. Mm. He's he's basically, in each time he does it, he's saying, "Here's what I think represents a good proposal." Yeah, I've put time and effort and thought and love into this, and this is my expression of affection for you, and that I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And he was even willing to do something he he hadn't thought of previously. Yeah. In order to make her happy. But that Yeah. So then to just cast that aside and say it wasn't good enough, mm. I think that's really like it's pretty bad. Cause what if it's like his tree like he has thought about proposing before and he's imagined it. And what if he imagined it exactly like he did it? Yeah. Lazily like lying in bed. The lying in bed one is a bit weird. I got to each you. other and just being like, especially if it was after sex, that kind of why? makes it a bit tawdry. What? I think so. Are you insane? Like you're lying there panting and you're like, I fucking love you, bro. Here's the ring. Who's Do you want to get bro? married? Let's just go to Vegas. I don't even care, man. Bro. Like, let's get this done. What like we could get the, the weekend we could we could set it up we don't need anyone there we could just go to one of those little chapels and it'll, it'll be quick it'll be easy it'll be done we'll be back before the next episode of big bang theory etc etc who are you <laughs> think about how loved up we feel after sex it's not the right time why i feel like the woman should be the one not that's saying this and yet i'm put in that position 
I feel like sometimes you I ha- don't know that you left me hanging then, by the way. What, hanging when? Think about how loved up we are. Oh, okay. Sex. I'm sorry. We are extremely loved up. We are full of. So, how is that bad? Dopamine. Um, it's just not the right time to Why? do it. I do. I do think, to be fair, there should be a bit of extravagance to it at the very minimum. It should be an event. It should be yeah, a... Yeah, I agree that. Like, I the spotlight s- should be on her yeah. and she should be able to soak it in. And if you're lying in bed drenched in your own sweat and sex juices, it's Don't not really the right juices. stage no, for it to happen. But you could then get up and, like, celebrate. You could, like, order food or go out to eat. Or like, order food you know what i mean my husband my my fiance proposed to me and then we got a chinese takeaway okay what a but story. maybe they're not people who like eating out like you don't know everyone's different okay i you know if i if i proposed to you in that way i don't think you would dig it you're probably right because i am someone who wants fireworks okay I don't know what my ideal I don't even know though what my ideal proposal would be. I think I think it would yeah. All right, maybe I'm yeah, right. Do you remember that part in Friends where Mike is going to propose to Phoebe and she's like yeah. Be, don't you just hate those people who like put it in the cake or whatever? And, and then he's like me. and she's like is it in the cake right? And then he's like what else would Mr. Lame Nobles yeah. do? Yeah, because he proposes like three times yeah. and she fucking... Oh, my God. That This woman has plagiarized friends. Yeah. Warner Bros. are going to be at your door with a lawsuit tomorrow, ma'am. You're right. I'm thinking about it now. And if you were going to propose, I'd want... Like, yes, of course you would. Really thoughtful, laid out plans for like the whole day or the whole night. It or doesn't something. even have to be expensive no, it or doesn't. crazy. I it, don't want like crazy yeah. things like fucking, you haven't got to take me to like Paris. Like, just doing really nice, thoughtful things. Yeah. Like, you know. You got to make it a big deal in some way. Yeah. And but- you've also got to have something for after because you're going to be high on the yes. And you don't want to just go home and fucking scroll Reddit. You want to, like, you want to fill the night with, you know, good food or, like, an event of some kind. And then you want to be together. Yeah. And you you want it to be, you know. All right. On the next podcast, I'll be announcing that we're engaged. Okay. I'll hide (laughs) it in a chocolate cake. You'll love it. I'll eat it. Please don't. God, how many people do you think accidentally eat yeah. engagement rings? What a how horrible though? story. So big. I'm saying that, though. Small yeah. rings on people who wear, like... Some people don't chew their food. They just swallow. fingers. And get indigestion. Because uh. you'd, you'd have to go get your stomach pumped. And if you didn't know it was there, you could easily... Once let's, your throat's open, you can easily oh, swallow Oh, I guess. It. I don't know what you thought I was going to say, but... Yeah. All right, should we... Save the rest for another time. I think we can do a couple more. Right. We're going through this quicker than we did last time when we spent yeah. an hour and a half in each question. Okay, well then give me a sec. Give me a sec. I need to find. Given a full philosophical treatise about every possible interpretation of what's going on, I'm vamping right I can't 
concentrate. You can't concentrate when I'm talking. I'm trying to read the things, but you're talking, so I'm trying to concentrate on what you're saying, but then I can't read the thing. You don't need to respond. This is a monologue. It's a I know, but all right, okay. It's a, it's a solilo- I want to tune you out for a second. A soliloquy. A soliloquy. Although now, now that I'm left in silence, I'm not sure what to say. Okay. Am I the asshole for buying and wearing my luxury watches when hanging out with my girlfriend and her friends? This is curious. Okay. I'm, I'm 30, male, and my girlfriend is 26, female. Ever since I was in college, I grew a fascination for watches. I didn't make much money while in college, so I would spend money on watches around the 20 to $100 range at most. Once I graduated in computer science, I got a nice job offer, so I decided to spend my first couple of paychecks on a nicer watch that was $4,000. I met my girlfriend and started dating her quickly around when I was 27. She's a social worker, so she's making around 40 k a year. I'm making around 130 k a year. We decided to move in with each other and we rent an apartment together. We split the bills evenly for rent but I do generally pay for all our meals outside and do spend on random things like vacations for both of us since I make more. Here's our recent problem. I've wanted a watch that's generally around the 12,000 to 15,000 range since I started working. When I mentioned it to my girlfriend a couple of months back, she thought it was silly to spend so much. I ultimately decided to buy the watch two weeks ago. I was so happy when I got it, so I wore it and kept it on for several days. We hung out at her friend's place and had a barbecue with 10 people. A friend of hers noticed my watch and got super annoying and judgmental for me buying the watch. I lost my place. (laughs) Happens to the best of us. There's a different, yeah, I had to skip to the next one and I lost my place. Oh, yeah. A friend of hers noticed my watch and got super annoying and judgmental for me buying the watch. It's a Rolex, so everyone knows the name and thinks they are super expensive. They asked how much it was and my girlfriend said over 10,000. A couple of her friends really seemed concerned that I just blew that much money on a watch. I made the mistake of blurting out that I have several more cheaper watches <laughs> in the 5,000 range after one of her friends asked my girlfriend why she'd allow me to spend so much. <clears throat> Once I got home, my girlfriend started crying and screaming at me for embarrassing her at her friend's place and asked why I wore my watch there. I was confused. She said that everyone there makes around as much as her and obviously wearing such an expensive watch around them was tacky and snobby. I told her I disagree. I worked hard for where I'm at and this watch to me symbolises the effort I put in. It's personal for me. I don't go around telling everyone about my watch. I asked her what was the difference since one of her friends there was engaged and had a diamond ring on. My girlfriend had no answer and now we haven't spoken for two days. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. I mean, that's such a big differential in their incomes. This brings up something that I constantly see on our mother asshole and relationship advice. This whole, I make this much and my partner makes twice, at least twice the amount that I make. And then the way they split things or don't split things is really odd. So many people, like I'm not, 
I feel like you never see these and it's like, yeah, we just put all our money together and then we pay for everything. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you pull it all as one amount of money in a joint account and then you pay for everything that needs to get paid for and you each have things that you can buy if you want to. Like that's how we do it. Yeah. All our money comes in together, all the bills are paid and then if one of us wants something and we can afford it, then you do it. Yeah. Like, but so many of these people are like, <clears throat> even though I make twice as much, we split the bills evenly or whatever, whatever. And I just feel find like these, so many of these structures are so odd. Yeah, but you're also going to remember that sometimes it's, these are relationships in early stages. They haven't been together mm. for 10 years. Yeah, but we were together not even a year and we started doing that. Well, I think once you move in with each other, that's what I mean. Yeah. They live together. I've, There's no reason to pull your money when you don't live together. I think it it is weird in that you're you're paying the same bills. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. The other thing is, it is such there's such a big difference between what they're bringing in, depending on where they live. I mean, I'm assuming they're Americans. It's, it, well, I don't know actually because he didn't actually put dollar. I was saying dollar because I assumed they're American. Yeah, but assuming they're, he um, said that the rent. I missed skip this part, but he also said that the place they rent isn't doesn't cost very much. Yeah, but that's not my point. My point is not how much gets spent on bills. I'm just saying. Again, it depends on where they live. If, but if you're like in the middle of America in the Midwest, 130 large is a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, she's not doing bad at 40k, but he is making a lot of money. He's making more than what they could be making combined. Yes. Like, if he was making 40 and she was making 40, he's still making 40 more on top of that. And if they are living somewhere where money more. goes a long way, that really is a lot of money to play yeah. with. I mean, if you're living in fucking San Francisco, it's nothing. But I think he has to accept that... This two, let's break it down. There are two. There are two things. One... Should they be sharing the money? Mm. We think yes. I think yes. once you've reached the point where you are living together mm. and your lives are like intertwined yeah. at like the the most base level, I think I think you kind of have to pull the money yeah. in a way. It's weird though, and I've just thought about this. Maybe people making so much are scared that like. If they split up, like, how do they... Yeah, of course. That's exactly what it is. Because they're not going to spend all that 130k each month. Mm. It's going to essentially get saved well, a lot they're not, of it. He's not making 130k a month. Oh, yeah, that's not what I meant. I don't know why I said that. You know what I mean? Yeah. The amount they make each month together isn't probably going to get spent. It's going to start getting saved. And therefore, in the person's mind who makes the most... And even in the person who makes the least, they might think if we split up, I'll be left with nothing or whatever, whatever. But I mean, isn't that the risk always? Like, I mean, and maybe the other way, I've seen people where they do it as percentages. Um, instead of doing like, um, I don't really, I'm not really good with percentages, so I often don't even understand it. But they, they say sure. things like they work out how much things are, and then they see what they each earn, and they both pay an even percentage, but across, like, like he'll pay more for this, and she'll pay this. I don't really know, but sure. it works out better than just, like, 
here's my money and here's your money. But then if your money is separate, what right does she have to say Yeah. any, you know what I mean? Like, I guess there's only rights there if your money is joint. Is there? Even ro- then it's I'm like, thinking, is there, are there prenup contracts when you're not married? It's got to be, surely. I've not, like, heard of it, but I'm sure you could go to lawyers yeah. and say that. But also, what you could do is get a joint account and not put every single bit of it yeah, in there. Okay. You could put, like, 80% of it in there sure. or something. Say you're the person making more. Well, no, it would have to be even. You'd both just put 80% of your money into the joint and the 20% left over, you do whatever. You know, yeah. it's your choice. Um, and I've seen people say they do it like that, but, but I've that- always just found it weird when it's like, I ask, like, there's another one on here. Yeah. Don't, where, no yeah. spoilers. <laughs> where it's like, I asked my- This is spoilers. I'm, I can't help it, but I need, it needs to be said. <laughs> it doesn't. Focus on right, this one. Right, right. I- but that's where people get into trouble with the joint accounts because you're both like it's your then becomes mm. equally your money. But I think you can pull your money together without having a joint account. You can keep it in your yeah, own account. Yeah, you don't have to officially have a joint account. Yeah, you can have an informal agreement yeah. that we both oh, yeah, put this much money each month to the rent and to the utility bills. That's true. Yeah, you could say we are going to put 80%, but instead of putting it in a joint account in case something happens. Yeah. Each month, I'll transfer my part over for yeah. the bills or whatever. You could set up like a standing order or a direct debit or whatever. So Americans got, don't know this. They don't know. They have, must have that version of they it. They know some. There's different word in a bit. They set up a payment to go automatically each month so that they're both paying the same amount. Yeah. And then it's your choice. I mean, if you meet someone who has more money than you... That's a conversation, especially if you're going to live together. These things have to be hammered out. Yeah. You can't just like... We'll figure uh, it out. We'll figure it on out. On the fly. Because then what happens when the guy wants a watch and you don't want him to spend the money? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... Well, see, now we get onto the second part of it, which is... Yeah. She has no fucking right to tell him no. how to spend the money that he makes. No. That is outrageous. That, to me, is one of the worst possible red flags. Yeah. Because it's not only trying to control your behavior, it's basically saying, like, I, my conceptions of how things should be done, how money should be spent, yeah. you have to adhere to them. It's like trying to make your partner the same as you. You're supposed to be different people and you come together and meet in the yeah. middle. But this is like trying to create a doppelganger of yourself. I think if you've agreed that your money is going to be separate, then you can't hope, you can't like, you can have a discussion about it, but... But what's the discussion? The discussion is like, I'm concerned about how much this costs. Can we go over like, kind of like the pros and cons of it? Or (laughs) can we go over, I mean, I guess you'd have to say, I'm worried that this is going to make you in debt or something. Right. And he's going to say... Don't be silly, love. I make 130 say, grand a year. Don't say you that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even think... <laughs> yeah. It's not like he said the watch was 50 grand. I know. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I feel like if she has real concerns that mean he might go into debt or mean he can't afford the bills next month or mean whatever, whatever. But if those are not concerns and the concern is... I'm uncomfortable with you spending this amount of money because I don't have that amount of money 
And I wouldn't spend that on a watch. That's different. That's like a lifestyle, we've got different views on things right. type of thing. Um, and again, obviously, would need to be... Well, see, this is weird in that she is not only like... This, this is not even just her saying we have different value judgments. This is her basically saying our lifestyles and spending habits are incompatible because I find the way that you spend your money offensive. Yeah. That's crazy. And so much so that you've embarrassed me mm. and I'm screaming at you. Yeah. Um, this whole idea that you can't... You can't present yourself in a certain way because it like this idea of flaunting things right. i mean he wasn't fla there's like flaunting in that like oh my god look at my flashy car do you want to come and see my flashy car oh my god do you know how much it costs it costs this much money can you believe it it's not even sure. i don't even notice that amount of money going out of my bank that's <laughs> flaunting okay this dude just wore his watch and people asked questions about right. it that's not his fault do you know what i mean yeah. like and not, I'm not even saying you shouldn't be able to flaunt. I'm saying there's a difference. Right. She's acting like he fucking shoved it in their faces and said, fuck all of you bastards. You can't afford a watch. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Sure. Like, But he didn't. Okay. Yeah. And this whole idea of like, I hate that whole, you're showing me up, you're embarrassing me. For, what, what do people think? Because I don't care what people think. Yeah. So it's like a very fucking odd well, and if they're your friends I know. they shouldn't be judging you it's also like privileging your friends over your partner which is weird to basically be like I care more about what they think of you than what than your you, yeah desire to than your ability to like live your life the yeah. way you want to okay so let's go because this was one of the ones we're not done with that part I just want to inject some okay. new stuff into it for us to this was one of the ones where some people were This is like, like when you're mid-drag race and you press the button to inject nitrous oxide. No. You hit the nos, in other, in other words. Oh, yeah, yeah. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> so this is one of the ones where some people were like, not the asshole. You never had your car. And the, get over <laughs> it. And some people were like, they weren't, you're the asshole, but they were like, everyone sucks here. That's one of the okay. judgments you That's can make. That's interesting. It's you're the asshole, not the asshole, everyone sucks. And then I think right. there'll be another one. I Those are the only three possible options. I think there's one more, but I can't remember it. Um, so this was, reading some of the comments made me kind of see some people's views on things. People started talking about like the socioeconomic differences and things and how like, he said in his thing, um, I worked hard for it. And so some people were saying, by him saying that, he was implying that the people on 40 grand a year don't work hard. And I'm like, well, he didn't say to them, I work hard for it. He didn't get into it with them. He got into it with her. Do you see what I mean? Sure. And... So I just wanted to talk about that. Okay. Like, why? Yeah. I think that's just people being overly sensitive and thin-skinned. I think a lot of people do have that economic insecurity where, you know, the, just the idea of other people having and using more money than you have is, like, offensive in some mm. deep way because, you know, why don't I have that much money? 
Mm. And I think there is something there. I mean, this is outside of whether it's right or wrong. That's a longer conversation. There is something sickening about billionaires driving, you know, $1.5 million Ferraris when mm. some people die, like literally die because they can't afford insulin. Yeah. I get that. Just on a visceral kind of what you feel in your gut level. Yeah, I, I get that. That's totally real and it's valid. It's not an argument unto itself. But it is an understandable reaction. But yeah, like you said, they're reading to, they're like putting words in this yeah. guy's mouth because they want to make him a bad guy. And it's like they're taking that feeling of that whole eat the rich thing and putting it on him. When he's like, yeah, he makes more than them. But he wasn't rubbing it in their faces. Yeah, he's just he wasn't, wearing it. He was just wearing a watch and like not judging them at all and not kind of lording it over them. They asked him some questions about it. And he is telling us that he worked hard for it. He's not saying to them, like, "Yeah, what do you mean I worked hard for this kind of thing? You know and, what it was like to appreciate a good watch if you ever yeah. worked a day in your life. And I don't think he's even saying to the girlfriend, like, when he's trying to explain, like, things, he's not saying to her, like, I work harder than you or I deserve things more than you or whatever. He's just saying, I have a hobby of collecting watches. Sure. They cost a certain amount, but I make a certain amount. It was my dream to like work in computer science or whatever, and now I do, and I can afford the things sure. that whatever. It's also, it's not, given how much he makes, I mean, I person. this is just personally, because I don't give a shit about watches, but I would never spend 15 Gs on a watch. However, he's making enough that if this is a, a relatively rare purchase for him and he's not buying Rolexes every other week, it's not crazy at all. It is a big expense. It's a big purchase. Don't get me wrong. It's something that you really do have to sit down and think about. And you can't do that often. But it's not crazy for him to spend that much money on something he that is like a hobby that he's really passionate about. Yeah. Especially because, you know, watches do keep their resale value. You can eventually that you know that rolex is not gonna be worth zero dollars tomorrow mm. he, he can sell it for money down the line if he ever wants to it's not 15 grand down the drain it is an asset in a sense yeah and yeah i don't know it, it, it is a lot of money and i think i think there's also the fact that she's making 40 grand and he just spent almost half of that on a shiny piece of metal to go around his wrist. Yeah. I think the differential in their their salaries is a big factor here. I I think also you've got to think, like, she wouldn't spend that much on a watch, but maybe there is something she would spend that yeah. much money on. Like, you've got to think, she might think we could use that for, like, a vacation. But to him, a watch is probably more, like, he gets more out of that. Right. Do you know what I mean? People are going to feel different ways about different things. And maybe there are things that she would spend 15 grand on. But she can't because she can't afford it. Yeah. Or whatever, you can't be mad whatever. at him you for that. You can't be mad at he him doesn't, It's not like he determined you only get 40 grand. Yeah. He's not your boss. And the watch thing, should, if it's his hobby, it shouldn't be a surprise to you yeah. at this point. If you're living together, surely you know that, like, yeah. this is something he likes It's to also do. something he's going to... He could potentially have that watch for the rest of his life. Yeah, there's no... Yeah. 
And there's also the the thing you got to read between the lines and what he's saying, in that he's essentially saying, you know, th- this purchase has an added emotional valence to it for him. He's saying, I didn't always make this money. I had to like work my way up the ladder and had to get here gradually over time. I think you, it it's seems a sign of success. Yes, for him. it's like a solidifying and rewarding his success. Yeah. And so it's kind of symbolic of the mm. of in his mind the new echelon of life that he mm. has has reached, and for her to kind of be like to to basically be like this choice on your part has embarrassed me in front of my friends. Yeah, it becomes more about the watch then. The crying and screaming thing is like it's a deeper like. I'm in this job that maybe I love, but it's quite, can be, she's like a social worker, so it can be quite thankless. Sure, of And course. there's perhaps nowhere to go in terms of like working your way up or I'm never going to make more money or whatever it is. Sure. Or maybe she wishes she was in a position to, to also buy those things. Or maybe she just truly, in terms of like the way she was raised and how she is, truly for some reason does think it's disgusting to spend that amount of money on something i don't know there's like an incompatibility thing there because it seems to me like his tastes are only getting more you don't know expensive. that i mean he's not ever going to be able to you know there is an upper limit to what he can do with his disposable income. Yeah, but I don't think the 12 to 15 grand range is even that expensive. No, of course so it's I'm not. So I'm sure there's higher... There is, but that doesn't mean he yeah. is going to, you know... You can't, like, assume he's, like, some degenerate... No, but he's clear... I never said like, that. ...like, watch addict who's going to... He's going to, like, sell his bone marrow to buy a Patek Philippe. You've gone insane. I never said that. Well, it was implied. <laughs> no, in the curl of your lip. The sneer you had. It just gets to me the kind of like reaction that she had yeah. was obviously such a deeper thing. Yeah, there's a there's a deeper antagonism mm. there. And like because like I said she's almost saying to him it's okay to try and to be more successful and to earn more money but don't show it. Yeah. Pretend to be a lower kind of income bracket around my friends because it's it's like a posture it's it's all a pretense and a facade to try and fit in and she is embarrassed on him on his behalf and embarrassed because of him because she sees it as kind of like uncouth to mm. be wearing these signs of greater monetary success also her friends sound like dicks dicks they do yeah can you imagine like Someone's wearing a watch and you ask about it, like, out of the blue kind of thing or whatever. It's like saying, oh, you have nice shoes. Like, where do you get them or whatever? And then when they tell you how much, you, like, scoff and start kind of, like, judging that person. I know. It's like, what? Like, who are you? And then she let it happen and then got mad at him for it. Well, it sounds like she helped gang up on him. Yeah, because she says he was over 10 grand. She He could have just kind of steered the conversation Yeah, it away. seems like her and her band of cronies are the assholes here. Cronies. Well, Sometimes you say things and I'm like... I say a lot of things. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure I fell down. <laughs> I got a head injury. A TBI. Uh, 
G'day. Talking of watches, do you remember how, I think this was like a month or two ago, I love when you just fall down a rabbit hole of some weird subculture. I know what you're going to say because I've been you thinking do. about it this whole time. Because I talked to you about it. I ended up on this subreddit, or I ended up on multiple watch-related subreddits. And again, I have absolutely no interest in watches. I have a couple of watches. They're not, you know, nothing crazy. I wouldn't spend. I would never spend more than you know a hundred, hundred and fifty pound on a watch. Because you're the, not a watch person. Yeah, at the at the top end. However, I, I what are you going to say? Just to say that thing, and I said it kind of already. But that's the thing. People are like, oh, you spend that much on a watch, but they're not applying it to what they love. Mm. It's like it's the same as you choosing the car you bought or the fucking other piece of jewellery or the boots or the something for the house or the power tool. It's 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 the same. Yeah. It's the same. You've just got to apply it to yourself sure. in whatever area that it is. You don't always have to spend fifteen grand in your hobby. No, but a lot fair. of people do. They spend so sure. much money. They might not spend it in one go on one thing, but they definitely spend it in that much like people definitely do over time spend a lot of money. Sure. <clears throat> Yeah, so I ended up on a on the obvious subreddit where it's just about watch purchases and people showing off their expensive watches and saying how long they've been waiting to get this particular rare Rolex from 1988 and it's, oh my God, I've been lusting after it since I saw it in this film with this actor and this has completed my life's journey by finally securing this. And you do see that it does have a an incredibly significant emotional impact for people where they see it as a signifier that they have attained the success they've been chasing. It's like almost a a talisman Mm. that they can hold up and say, I'm here and no one can ever knock me off from here. And, you know, it's undeniable now. But I then went into a weirder, more (laughs) twisty-turny sub-level of the watch... um, collector culture which is these subreddits about buying fake watches and which they call replica it's very important to them that you call them replica watches and it was really fascinating it really was because i had absolutely everyone's heard you know people make jokes about buying fake rolexes for 15 dollars at a flea market and the gold turning green overnight when it rains however (laughs) I didn't realize that the replica market has, there were high end replicas. So for example, say there's a $25,000 Rolex that you want. I I don't know. I'm trying to think of other watch brands to bring up, but I just don't know them. And Rolex is the obvious choice. And the one that a lot of people lust after. (laughs) Say there's a 25 grand Rolex that you really want but you don't have that money and you know you're never going to get that amount of money to spend on a watch. You might spend three grand on an incredibly well-made, high-quality replica, which is a completely fake Rolex. It's made in some, you know, shadowy factory, but it's made with high-end materials and is made to close to the same specifications so it's a good quality watch. It's just fake. It's just a fake branded watch. And it really just boggled my mind that the the weirdness of you're so 
you're so intent upon having this brand name on your wrist that even a convincing enough simulacrum of it is enough to satisfy you. There's something very interesting psychologically there. And then the... Secrets. (laughs) Indeed. Not really secrets, but soon to be revealed. But also... I love the little flourishes that you put on things. There's no It's flourishes. not like someone made a watch in a fucking basement or whatever, or like a fucking warehouse. It's like they made it in a shadowy, shadowy warehouse. In Under the cover of darkness. <laughs> They're all wearing balaclavas. They were like, Mwahaha. They have curled mustaches. <laughs> so the, what, the, where it really gets interesting is I saw quite a few posts that were saying the same thing. Which was the sentiment they're expressing was, I would never buy a replica of one of the really incredibly uh, expensive watchmakers, like the Swiss, the the watches that where they only come out with a hundred of them and they cost seventy nine thousand dollars. And people were saying I would never buy a replica of that because no one would ever believe that I could spend that much money. So they were kind of gatekeeping their own fake watch purchases <laughs> where they were saying I would only buy a fake of something that I could r- realistically have bought the real of. And I that's don't know. So weird. That's such involuted psychological rationalizing of you care so much about your image and like the pretense of your conspicuous consumption and your worldly goods that you're trying to game plan out how people are going to interpret your fake watch. So are they saying people will think it's fake anyway? So I should just buy the fake. No, that's well, some people, I mean, that's another thing people say. People basically say everyone thinks you're wearing a fake Rolex anyway. So what's the point of spending 10 times the amount for a watch that is only 1% better. But what I'm saying here is they're essentially asserting there's no point buying a fake of a watch that costs $150,000 if it's clear that you could never have spent $150,000 on a watch because there's no chance anyone would believe it was real. That's what I just said. So people are going to think it's fake anyway because there's no way you could afford it. Yeah. So then they just don't... So they don't even buy the fake? No, they buy a lower tier brand fake. Instead, they buy a Rolex instead of a Patek Philippe. So they won't even buy the fake because people will think it's fake anyway. Yeah. (laughs) They buy a fake that they they could plausibly pass off as as real. real. That was just so... This is so weird. I remember you telling me about it at the time, but talking about it now is like... The way that people really intricately think about this and use kind of game theory to map out how people respond to their fake watch and the brand of it. It was just, you could write a book about it. You really could. It's real weird, man. I'd love to go undercover in the replica watch community (laughs) and investigate their habits (laughs) and their proclivities. That's what your next book is going to be about. It would be an interesting act of, of gonzo journalism, honestly. The other thing is, like I said, there are... I mean, I don't know much about watches, so I'm taking people's word for this. But people are basically saying there are now replica factories that have been around for so long 
and have accrued, you know, good tools for making watches and good expertise over the years, that they really do make watches of comparable quality craftsmanship to oh. the brand name watches. And so people specifically know the names of the factories that you want to get the replica Rolex oh from. Oh, my God. They basically say, don't get your watch from factory yeah. A, get it from factory B. Because there's fake, and then there's, like, fucking ama- like amazing top-tier, great fake. Yes. But it's still fake. Yeah. However, it costs, you know, half yeah. of what a regular one It just does. hurt my brain, man. It really did. Yeah. But in kind of a really compelling way I think that's that's the end of us (laughs) (laughs) I'm dissolving you know what we should talk about before we get out of here what honk 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 so we were cute little geese causing mischief in the world if you can believe it we were cute little geese we were we finally got around to playing the untitled goose game we did. <laughs> I, I was a goose and you were a goose. That's true. I like how that they're subtly different. The beak color is what distinguishes them. Yeah, I was like a red orange and you were like orange orange. You also had a little bump. I had a little bump in my beak. In your beak. It was cute. Which made you look distinguished. And I watered my little tushy and I swam in the lake. You liked swimming. I liked swimming a lot. That's the sound it makes. We also terrorized the townspeople. Honk, honk. Mess with the honk, get the bunk. We did. We didn't get any bunks. They don't actually hit the geese. No, they're very surprisingly tolerant. I thought that they would. They are scary, though, when they come after you. But our philosophy became be goose, do crimes. Yes. What was the other one? I already said it. There'll be no... Oh, that peace was never an option. Peace was never an option. So, yeah, we've been playing this game. It's so cute. It re- I love the art style. It's so simple and yeah. idyllic. It's like exactly like a cartoon you'd watch when you were a kid. Yeah. It's so comforting. And there's cute little shops and cute little props <laughs> and cute little roses. Yeah. And I steal the roses and then the man gets sad. The th- rose thing is a thing. It's a theme. It is. In a couple of the places we've gone now, there's like one rose in the man's garden. I think it oh, was. Oh, that a... makes me sad. It's like a tribute to his dead wife or something. Oh my god! And then we just like plucked it, like naughty little geese. Her name was Rose. Are we naughty geese? Can I? She's buried in that soil. Is Johnny a naughty goose? Her decomposing body is kidding. Providing nutrients to that rose. You are a naughty little goose. <clears throat> also, the groundskeeper's flower is a tulip. We found out. Oh yeah, but it was cute though. We are. I should say we're only a few hours into this game. But we yeah. are enjoying it very much. It I like is really good. I like being partners in crime. I know me too. It's you're very good. you're very you have a knack for mischief. I've noticed. Yeah, I, I like to fuck shit up as a geese. As a geese. As a geese is just stealing people's stuff. I wish you could do more like climb on top of stuff. Yeah, not having a jump button is a real pain in the mm. ass, and the fact that you can't go too far away from each other. Yeah. You're. There's an invisible tether between It needs you. to be like... Um, Open world. No, it needs to be like... GTA. Mo- the moving game. Goose Theft Auto. It just zooms out. Oh, so right. The you get far away from each other, the more it yeah. zooms out. Because you can't even go... You can, It's like you can only go like 
25 feet apart from each other. It's really not very far. And then you hit an invisible wall. So I have to keep saying, you come this way, you come this way. It's also, there are parts of it that are surprisingly hard. Not in terms of it requires a lot of skill to do it. You just can't figure out what you're supposed to do. No, yeah, because like, yeah, there were a couple of things where we're like, shit, how are we going to do that? How do we get the groundskeeper to put on his sun hat? I yes, we we I kept saying, you kept saying we needed to get it bright. Yeah, I was like, that. I'm like how are we going to make the sun come? <laughs> we need out? to intensify the sunshine. Somehow. And then I thought, simply just knocking it to the ground, he'd pick it up and put it on. But he already had a hat on. Yeah, and we even because yeah. the the we had to try and get this sun hat. Well, we thought we had to get this sun hat from like it's hung oh, up. Oh yeah, we didn't actually have to get it on in a the door. End. And you can't jump as the goose, so there's no way you can get it. But then we kind of found we we found a workaround. Of, yeah. Some kind of, we like used hacks. Yeah, because I don't we, think you were really meant no. to be able to jump on it. It's just that it wasn't stable, so it would move as you tried to jump on it. We exploited the physics of the game, and there was a cooler to put drinks in yeah. and ice, and we kind of nuzzled it closer with our little geese. With and, our little geese beaks, indeed. And then we somehow managed to waddle onto the cooler and it let you get high. Yeah, because you can't jump on anything, not even a chair. Yeah. And so we managed to get the hat down and we were so psyched because yeah, we but, thought we had... But then he didn't... There was, no, there was no point. The trick was make him bend down to do something else, to repot the vegetable tulip. or the tulip. Yeah. And then as he's bent down, you steal his hat that he's wearing. But of course he's a gardener, so he needs a hat. We have to hide the hat, and then he goes and gets the sun hat. Because he's wearing like a flat cap at first. We had to look up a few times what to do. Mm. We're able to do most of it just with our own... Yeah, like 95%. Mental... There's only one thing on each thing, I think, that we looked up. Acumen. Yeah. And I I felt very protective of you. Like, for example, when you would earn the ire of the groundskeeper and he would chase you... I pressed the button where you put your wings out yeah. and you could run towards them and you honk. You came and protected Johnny Geese. I felt like I had to save you. And you had to you save did. me sometimes. I did. I had to distract him for you too. Sometimes he... sometimes we just run around the person honking. Yeah. And he gets, there was his hands up like, ah. Like someone we know. Like someone we know. Secrets. 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 So many secrets. But you were the cutest little goose that I ever did see. <clears throat> I was the cutest little goose. And you were my little boy goose. That's true. So Sometimes we would just, we would just like circle each other like in a loving <laughs> embrace. Kind of like how swans make the heart as they. Sure. It's a little bit like that. We had goosey we were, love. We did have goosey love. And we caused a lot of. Mischief. Annoyance. We were very mean. We were. I, f- I felt bad at certain points. Well, People are just trying to live yeah, their lives. Yeah, because we, like, made him stub his thumb. That was one of the objectives. We had to make yeah. him stub his thumb with a hammer. Ma- stub is... <laughs> stub is such an interesting word to use there. Isn't that what it... To just hit your, oh, hit your thumb whatever. with a hammer. And we also had to make the guy choke on his tea so we could, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty... It's pretty mean. We were sowing... It's a mean game. Discord. At one point, we made these two neighbours angry at each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're mean. Not neighbours. There was, like, a store. And are you talking about when... No, I'm talking about pay. when you get the guy to break the <gasps> oh, vase. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to break off, get her to break the vase. Well, we thought we had to get her to break the vase. But we noticed that... When we would take stuff from her to his garden, he would throw it back over. 
And he, we had to figure out that he had to. We didn't. We googled this one. <laughs> I love how you tried to take credit. We, we got him to throw it back over, and he just smashed. Yeah. So then she was mad at him, and because she was mad at him, we she got essentially her to trim his, his prize rowers. Yeah. yeah, and now they hate each other. Yep. And we just left the scene of the crime. We left the scene of the crime, smashing through someone's house yeah. on the way. She had quite the fucking. She had one of those gardens like your grandpa, where you just collect all the different gnomes and figurines Lawn ornaments. and things. Yeah, there's also it's one of those weird things where. The, one of the reasons it's hard to figure out what you're supposed to do to fulfill an objective, and this used to be the case in adventure games where it'd be like, you have to find a way to turn off the sprinklers, and you try all the obvious things that make sense, but then it turns out you have to get a fish off the wall and put it in the sprinkler <laughs> system or some stupid shit like that, where you'd never guess it in a million years. Yeah. And we had some of that where one of the objectives was get her to dress up a... A, bus, she had like a bus, like a statuette in her garden, and the solution was to get clothes and put them in front of the bus. And the trick was she had hanging washing, and I kept taking the hanging washing over, thinking she was going to dress it up with her own clothes, but it wasn't. We had to go to the next door neighbor and steal his clothes, bring them, put them in front of the bus, and then she would. Do and then it. for some reason, she decides to just put these clothes on oh, the statue. Instead, he's like there giving everything back that we take, and she's there like keeping it all and sure. fucking dressing up the fucking. But yeah, it was like a bust of Shakespeare or something. We were pretty cruel. There was this one, one young boy who we terrorized and gave Mate, nightmares. We took his glasses. We undid his laces. This is so cruel. We undid his laces. We chased him into a phone and we took box. His gla- this is the objective of the game, guys. We didn't just like. Well, they're like you have to do and un- do his laces. You have to lock him in the phone box. You have to make him wear different glasses. So you have to take his glasses and then put some random glasses on the floor. I don't understand how he could see with those glasses. Sure. But- also, it's weird that you chase him into the phone box and. He calls for help, but he calls a shopkeeper. I'm guessing that he's hanging around that shop, so maybe it's like his dad or something. It could be. And then there was an objective. Remember the. We had to lock the woman in the garage. Yeah. Jesus, this is a dark. She game. might have suffocated in there. She might have died of hunger. I t- she might have guess. eaten her own arm. Horrendous. I'd eat my thigh. If I was going to eat anything, I'd eat my thigh. But there's like arteries in there that you could sever. Well, I'm pretty dead if I'm eating my thigh. Well, the point of eating your thigh is to survive. Well, I'm hungry, so I'm just going to eat my thigh until I die. It's succulent light meat. I wouldn't eat my thigh because then I could eat my thigh away and then the rest of my leg would fall off. Sure. Whereas if I ate the bottom of my leg, I still have my thigh. Yeah. Maybe I'd just eat my fingers. Sure. I'd, I'd volunteer up a limb for you to eat. You've got good thighs. I have regal limbs. I'm like that. Radiohead album, The King of Limbs. You have regal limbs. It was a setup for a dumb joke. Oh, yeah. Which is my whole podcast (laughs) stick. Remember how we had to figure out how to break a woman's broom and you kind of just did it accidentally? I did it accidentally, yeah. Good game. I kept hold of it as she was like trying to yank it out of my beak. She tried to put my beak off. People are honest, although she, that woman did chase us with the broom to begin with. Several times. But most people are surprisingly tolerant of these geese who are just causing trouble. Yeah. I, honestly, I would have kicked some of these. I would have kicked a goose. I wouldn't kick a goose. That's because you love well, geese. If I thought the goose was going to, like, eat me. How's he going to do that? I don't know. They re-pick you and then you might die. I've seen birds. Sure. That's not about geese. 
It's about birds pecking you to death. It's not about former Attorney General Ed Meese. I don't know what words you're saying. He had a famous argument with Christopher Hitchens on Crossfire. Oh, yeah, that guy. You might recall. I do recall. Anyhow, yeah, we enjoyed it. We're going to play some more of it. We'll tell you tales of our geesey mischief. Honk, honk. Honk, honk. Johnny Amber just playing geeses. Going to tickle your little tail feathers. Going to kiss them. Yeah. Let's put our beaks together. And I'm just... going to lick your beak. I don't want you to. You don't want me to lick your eyeballs? I want to I want to play kiss chase with you. Ah, round and round and round in circles. Round and round and We made a little picnic. Circles. We did make a picnic. We stole All types of stuff. And sandwiches. What I'm satisfying though is you draw this stuff, but then you never... You can't do anything. Yeah, we can't eat the you stuff. You can't eat... I wish you could eat the food and like... Dress up in the stuff that you steal or whatever. Dress up. I don't know. <laughs> you want a goose in... Well, one of the things was you have to get her to put the bow on you. Yeah. And that looked really cute. I was the cutest little goose. But then you came off. I could go to Milan for fashion week. No. Okay, let's end this bad boy. Okay. Why do we bother? Because it is what it is. That's like five years old. Tradition is important. It plays it? a stabilizing role get in society. IPad, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with anyone else you think may like us. New episodes are released whenever we're not depressed, which is infrequent. You can find the podcast. Exactly where you're listening to it. <laughs> right now. You can also find it on iTunes and pretty much all of our podcast services. It's so redundant. Are we on Spotify? Um, I haven't submitted us to Spotify, I don't think, but we might be on there. Oh, yeah. Some of them just, they if you're on they iTunes, auto, yeah. you, they will just automatically scrape all the podcast listings and put you on there. Or you can go to artatpodcast.com, which is A-R-T-A-T podcast.com, which redirects to our SoundCloud page. We are on Spotify. Oh, you just looked it up in real time? In real time. That's cool. You can send any feedback or comments to rtappodcast at gmail.com. Do you like how I go into this kind of... I do. It's like a rhythm. It is like a rhythm. It's a uh, cadence, uh, if you uh, will. Uh, 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 please uh. rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Seriously, please do that. It would help us. Helps little podcasts like us. Help us, please. We're baby, what's a baby goose called? A, 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 a Ryan Gosling. What's a baby geese called? I think it's a Gosling. A duck. <laughs> but it's definitely not a duckling. I know that for sure. It's not? No. Baby goose. Don't go. This is when you get on your phone. We haven't. F- let's finish this out. We're, so, we're one one stride away from the, the finishing line. We're going to cross the tape. Ah, a male goose is a gander. And a baby goose is a gosling. And a group of geese is a gaggle. Well, that's just adorable. A gaggle of geese. What what constitutes a group, though? Is it three or more? It's probably two or more. Were we a gaggle as a, a twosome? No, we'd be a Google. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, we don't run into any other geese in that game. We'll have to fight them. The family also includes swans. Would you fight another goose for my honour? I would fight a goose for your honour. Why does the male goose have a name and the female goose doesn't? Because of... Goose patriarchy. It is because of goose patriarchy. Anyhow, we are Art That Podcast on social media. 
Come follow us. And by social media, we mean Instagram and Twitter. Pretty much. Yeah, we're not on Pinterest. Well. You can't see our cool aesthetic you don't think we could choices. We're not on J-Date. What the fuck is J-Date? We're not on Farmers Only. Okay, you got mad. We're not on FetLife. Well, we are on FetLife, but those are personal no. profiles. <laughs> Samantha is Fist Me Hard 69, and I'm... Fist me hard. Yeah, well, you can't do it gently, otherwise there's no point. No, you should do it gently. It's funny because they the technique they teach you is to make a little duck bill Who's with your they? the fisting gods. <laughs> you have to make a little duck bill with your with your fingers. That's how you start the fist, and then when you get inside, you flex the fist open. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's been an interesting one. I feel drained. I'm so hungry. I know I always say this. I, well, you're always going to be hungry after you do five hours yeah, of anything. Except five hours of eating. That's true. Also, speaking of where okay. to find people. Interesting. Oh, yeah, we you, didn't say our personal If you sites. want to find me in places. Okay. I'm The most place I frequent, the place I go to the mostest, is Instagram. And that's Sam Rose at Sam Rosie, S A M R O S E Y. And then I also have a website, samrosie.com. And on there you can find everything else. There's like a writing blog and also a personal blog. And what else is there? There's your. I have a Twitter, but I don't really tweet much. Right. That's also Sam Rosie. And I have. If you want, if for some reason you listen to me because I talk about Twilight, <laughs> I also have a Tumblr called Just a Vampire Girl, where I talk about vampire stuff. Okay. What else? I think that's about, that's this. Is that it? That's the whole one. I do have a YouTube with some videos, but I don't post on there anymore. But that doesn't mean that the videos that are there are less valid. Yeah, that's also some reason. They're great. You should go Where watch can them. we find you, right, Jazz? You can find me at ryanfinchwrites.com. As in? Sit down with a pen, scroll down some squiggles, that type yeah. of thing. Scroll down some squiggles? Yeah. And that is my writing blog where I post whiny personal blog posts and social cultural, political essays, whatever you want to call it. You can find all that stuff there. It's getting pretty big now. It's it getting is. pretty large, large and in charge. And in charge. I've got quite a few posts on there now, so go check it out. That's pretty much Oop. it. Let's go be geese. Hong Kong. Do crimes. Honk, honk, honk. There can never be peace. Honk. Let's swim. Let's do it. We were at the end. We we're at the end. Now turn it off. <laughs> honk, honk.